and I'm James. And as I pull off my face mask, I'm Marco Sparks. Are you really, or do you have another mask on underneath? Are you actually Ilsa Faust this whole time? God, I fucking wish I, I was, was expecting like a, a double reveal there. Spoiler no, alert. I, uh, before we continue, we're talking about Mission Impossible. Mission, I'm oh, sorry, Mission colon Impossible dash Dead Reckoning Part One. We're going to be spoiling the movie, obviously. So if you don't want to know, go see the movie, then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. I do believe that on this very podcast, like a week ago, I did say I was worried that my beloved Issa Faust was going to die. And I yeah. said, it's going to seem like she's going to die, but she's not really going to be dead. I stand and I, and by I, that. I think you're right. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I really want to get into their relationship. Don't worry, folks. We are going to still do the Cruel Summer podcast. It just will be a couple days from now. Um, yeah, this but is this cruel is summer a, is going to yeah. last a while, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a long yeah. summer. Got till um, got till September. So this will be like our our reaction. It's a reaction I podcast. Hate, I, I hate I hate those reaction videos and shit like that. The but... ones where it's like so and so watches Endgame for the first time or something like that. They're what are, always those are like fake. The, They're those always are like fake. The, They're the so way, those like, are the live reaction. Well, didn't you watch like spend a whole night watching the Red Wedding ones? I no no no. I, I I've watched like a few of those. I am like a connoisseur of the uh, the Last Jedi trailer reaction videos. Okay, I've seen probably like four hundred of them. Um, but okay. you can tell you can tell like the real ones from the fake ones because like the fake ones they react a little too strongly to, to like the beats that you would anticipate they would react to. Like they're not organic. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, even though it's a lot of like shitty guys who do like the 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 reaction things. This is our reaction podcast, the Mission Impossible. I just I felt like Dial of Destiny. You know, I remembered what I remembered three days later. Mm-hmm. Um, you, just, you just wanted to dive right into the mainframe. I want to talk about we, we just how got back from the theater. In this movie, Ethan Hunt tries to kill God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these movies. I think that, that Tom Cruise has been doing for the last several years are kind of like metaphors for the movie industry. Yeah. You know, a lot of the themes lately have been like, you're, you're past your prime. These are Halloween masks, you know, like you got to step aside and he's just like, no, I'm still a movie star. Like this is how you make a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. This one is really like, it's like the streaming algorithm has figured out that uh, Tom Cruise is the only one that can stop it. <laughs> They're yeah. trying to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> he won't let him. Well, I mean, like, it was funny is that these 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 people get on the red carpet and they're like, oh, Tom, what's your Barbenheimer thoughts? Or what are your top four movies? Or all this, like, kind of it's shit. Like, I love it's movies. Like, it's like, Tom, how do you feel about the writer's strike? Like, that's the fucking question. Like, how do you feel about the producer's union, which he's yeah. a member of? Mm-hmm. But, like, that's where, like, we need movie messiah. Yeah, we need him to make another video with, um, what's his face, Christopher McQuarrie, where they tell you how to adjust your television to watch the, uh, the turn off the motion smoothing and also support your uh, WGA and SAG. Yeah. Which has got to be fucking weird because they're seemingly friends. I mean, probably probably less so than like they appear in these like buddy buddy videos. But mm-hmm. like, you know, McCory's got to be in the fucking union. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I mean, it's, it's doubly weird because the director's guild very quickly like signed a new contract. Like they could have helped out WGA and they're like, never but, mind kind of off the back of the 
the the WGA strike though a little bit. Like like what they got, I think they got because of WGA strike. But I mean, they, like if they really wanted to help out the writers, they could have. And they're just like smell you later, guys. So they they really that thing there there's that leak that leak thing about they're going to try to hold off in negotiations to October to like basically like crush. They just want to bleed people dry, yeah. But I I also don't know if I totally believe that because I don't think these are geniuses. You know what I mean? Like they're evil. Sure, I would, they're I greedy, would believe yes. it. I don't think you need to be a genius to be a huge asshole. Um, I don't. I don't. But I also think most writers are broke. They're used to it. I don't know. I I don't understand. It's it's all just it's pure power play. It's like yeah. we. It, it's not like it really affects their bottom line that much, but it's more like they just want the power and they want the control, and it's it's like a pure ego thing at this point. Well, I feel like I mean, granted social media has kind of imploded in on itself in the last few weeks, but I feel like there was a couple of weeks of strong writers like promoting, getting the message out, doing their job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of faded too. Like I know I mean, still it's, it's hard there. to, you know, keep it in yeah. public's eye. It's there's so much, everything is streaming now and there's so much content that it will take a while for people to notice that there isn't new stuff coming. Cause there's a lot in the yeah. pipeline already, you know? So well, yeah, the, the the TV networks will hit it feel yeah. first, but like I mean, like I gotta imagine most of the SGA is like fucking a. Why do we have Fran Drescher as our president right now? What, are this, they like, like about to strike or something? I don't know. I've well, been following today whether or not they worked anything out. We're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably she's probably anti-strike. She's also an anti-vaxer. Like, like I don't know. She's. I don't think you become the SAG president because you're um, relevant. Um or or useful I don't know like I, I, whoever's treasure yeah let's just, just laugh that's the only speech we want from you <laughs> have, have you ever heard that somebody is the president of SAG and you're like ooh they got a heavy hitter there like no yeah no it used to be it's like Melissa Gilbert and some other dude I was for gonna a while. I was gonna say I totally forgot Little House in the Prairie's name I was so I felt so bad because I was gonna say Bruce Boxleitner's wife and I felt shitty <laughs> for saying that um anyway. Sorry for the detour into industry talk. Yeah, I uh your mission if you choose accepted is to talk about this movie. Producers, like the studios, like fucking pay your writers. Stop stop trying to use AI to write scripts. Like it's it'll be bad. It's okay. You're gonna be okay without it. On the car over, I was like, I wonder if there's gonna be a PSA at the beginning from Tom and Christopher McQuarrie. About the yep. strike? No, no, no just that- just about welcome to the movies. Oh yeah, they, they they do that now for all their movies. Yeah. They're just like, hello everyone, thank you for coming to the movies. I love movies. Go see well, Barbie kinda, and Oppenheimer too. I'm kind of shocked that like it was just like them sitting and not like Tom, you know, like about to parachute out of a plane yeah, or something. like riding a tank into the ocean yeah. or something, like while fighting sharks. But uh, it's it's whenever you have the director who's like posing up like he's the other half of this buddy cop duo because mm-hmm. like, i remember watching that like 10 minute thing about the motorcycle jump right and the way it's like mccory and tom are like mirroring body language as they stand at the edge of the ramp and like look down and it's just like what have you tom cruise i mean don't get me wrong mccory's cool what do you what do you think about them putting out that whole documentary like mini documentary on how they did that stunt before the movie comes out i thought it was weird because to me the way they presented it with no context, like to what the stunt is and like how it fits in the movie. I kept thinking like, this doesn't actually seem as dangerous as things you've previously done in these movies. I mean, it, it may be, but it, it may be, yeah. but the documentary certainly didn't help hit that home to me. Like not knowing the physics of jumping off a motorcycle and going into like a, a parachute uh, run through a valley. 
anyway. don't know. I mean, I'm sure it was good marketing, but I like because it comes at such a key point in the movie. I kind of wish they had held that back. Like, do you remember the the stunt where he's on, in Mission Impossible Five, where he's like hanging on yeah. the side of the plane? That's like in like the first ten minutes of the movie. So it's, it's and like, it's also meaningless. To it's the story. totally meaningless. Yeah. So it's like yeah. that's I feel like fine to like kind of hype up, but for this, I'm like, man, I wish he could have held that back a little. But, so I watched I watched the two Macquarie ones, the Macquarie directed ones in the uh, in the last few days. Mm-hmm. Man, Rogue Nation is fine, but like Fallout. I still, yeah. I still think I, I, this is our our live reaction. So th- this will be mm-hmm. clumsy. We'll forget things, whatever. I, you know, like ask me again in a week. My my opinions might change. I still think I'm going to when the dust settles. Think that Fallout's the better movie. I think so. I I probably put this above Rogue Nation, but I think Fallout oh, yeah. felt a little tighter. Um, yeah. and like there's a Fallout I, might be a perfect spoiler movie. Spoiler alert! Obviously, um, there's. It, it like two thirds like in the second act it, it appears that Ilsa Faust has been killed, but it, like the, the way it time. hits for the second for the time. second time in the movie and the way it hits I just don't feel like the emotion was there in the same way that like the emotion is there at the end of Fallout when he shows up at the uh, the place in Kashmir and, and well, his wife I, is there like that, I think we that to, to me like like kind of hit deeper you're like oh fuck whereas here we, I like you think you're just like yeah she's not really dead we need to work our way up to that because there's some Mm -hmm. some of the things leading up to it that need to be processed and talked about but this movie had a lot of like when he comes crashing through the train it's like Mm -hmm. you know he's going to do that in in the best way like you could guess what's going to happen yeah Yeah. um but yeah the only only problem with fallout is just the i don't know it's it's the dark night of the mission impossible franchise in a way like the stuff with them losing the nuclear bomb is the weakest part you mean at the beginning yeah yeah the little prologue with the dream is not bad you know i am the mm-hmm. storm but then like once you jump to like we're getting on the plane of henry cavill and flying over paris yeah. it's like oh shit this is a movie although fallout doesn't have the line ethan hunt is the literal manifestation of yeah. destiny yeah yeah physical manifestation of destiny Physical, yeah sorry yeah some core flaw in your being simply won't let you make that choice Man, where's Angela a, Bassett? I, she, her picture is on the wall and in, in, uh, shot when they're at like the intelligence agency. But good, good fucking timing, uh, killing off Alec Baldwin. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, so now Kittredge has her job. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess he's back in charge. What's like? I mean, like every movie, there's a new IMF director. So, well, sure, like every know. movie, I feel like you could pitch to me that every movie takes place in its own continuity. Did it seem like more people I knew it? about the IMF in the other movies than in this one? Like the director of national intelligence yeah. is like, what's the IMF? And you're like, wow, okay. Well, because the IMF is a division of the CIA. Sometimes, so yeah, like, so it's a lateral, so like, you know. Yeah, but like, like when Alec Baldwin says in Fallout, this is a lateral move. It's like, Becoming no, this over is, here a, is a lateral move. So I need to make this, this is a huge downgrade. <laughs> like, well, you were like the, the IMF in this is just like it's this agency exists where like they they just make a request to like random agents and deep cover and like right, maybe the job will get done. That's fucking insane. <laughs> okay, but 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 so there's a new secret origin to Ethan Hunt in this movie. He's Batman, but I had noticed rewatching the other two in a way that I hadn't noticed watching them before, but we watched them the last week. There's a big emphasis on the villains of the movies criticizing that the IMF has to choose to accept their mission. Like, McCory seems fascinated by that. Did you ever not accept it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
but even in rogue nation you know there, there's a there's a whole thing with it um man yeah the 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 power structure how it fits into the apparatus of the united states intelligence service like the rest of the intelligence is like except for like one other dude besides kittredge like doesn't know what the imf is or like the international monetary fund yeah yeah well i mean i don't know i mean again I hate to be the fucking Mission Impossible continuity guy because I don't I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. It totally movie. doesn't matter. Yeah. But like in Rogue Nation, they do disband the IMF. Yeah, yeah, true. So presumably they had to reform it. Like where's Lawrence? I think they Fishburne? reformed it like more secret. Yeah. Well, I just don't believe this whole every IMF agent has a secret origin where they have to they're usually like it's, it's like, like they all got rolled prison. up by john law and they have to like make a choice between going yeah. to prison or joining we're, the impossible we're mission all force. like la femme nikita but like <laughs> i don't believe that's the truth with like simon Pegg's character but yeah what was he doing like hacking something uh, yeah like running a bitcoin scan or something oh that would have been too far yeah turning he's on been, like he's been around for like 20 years now the franchise oh he looks old as shit he's looking old yeah but like, uh, yeah, like he turned on like the girls' webcams at his boarding <laughs> school and started selling yeah. the videos. <laughs> He's like busted him like planting toilet cams or something. Speaking of hacking, though, this movie has a fucking hilarious where like like Luther's just like Ethan, I'm going to the part two now. <laughs> I'll see you. In a I'll year. see you in part two. Thanks, Luther. Uh, I love that they brought back that Luther's his his original like like hacker call sign was the Net Ranger. Yeah. Which is from the first movie, which is like the dorkiest like '90s yeah. internet thing ever. But he's like, "Yeah, that's right. I'm the Net Ranger." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with this. Do you, did you do you have any top moments, or do you just want to try? No, to let's just go remember through the movie. what the as, hell happened in the movie. Yes, as we remember, it, the, it is uh, a long opening. There were like two whole openings before you get to the credits. Yeah, they do the the Red October voice thing. Where we where we we go from Russian into mm-hmm. English so we can understand them. It's like a whole like no Ethan Hunt. We're just on a submarine and it's like submarine drama for like ten minutes. Yeah, with this like God in the machine, like Skynet's hacking the sub that it's in. It didn't totally make sense. So I think it's implied later that the U.S. has infected the submarine with their AI. Yeah, the but the Russians know they have it. They have the key. I, I maybe what they think they have is some sort of like stealth system, and they don't realize it's AI or something like that. I guess so. Like they Even they, then, they have then, a key to this thing, but like they don't know that it's like the AI. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't totally make sense. But there's an episode of Star Trek: Next Generation where John Locke shows up as an admiral who used to be uh Riker's boss and they'd done a mission where they had had a federation cloaking device mm-hmm. and it's like I don't remember them pulling out like a fancy like cruciform key you know <laughs> turn on the cloaking device but yeah so the government has the US government for some reason has has uploaded downloaded this skynet into this russian sub which just to like, like just to you... thwart their like cloaking system seemingly I, they they say that later that, that that's what their their intent is is to like yeah. yeah but then it the AI like goes rogue it, it makes the sub think that it's under attack and being fired on and so the sub fires back and then it's like the sub like because they're they're all using like instruments you know it's there's like no windows actually, at that depth, yeah, yeah so it's all you know on their computer screens and then it's like suddenly it's like oh the other sub just disappeared where'd it go we don't know and then like wait the missile or the torpedo we fired like we it, we can't stop it, it just, it's looping around and coming right back at us and it like blows up the sub well it blows up the sub in a way that it will it eject sinks the sub. all the, yeah. it'll eject all the bodies 
Yeah, I don't know about the design on that. Like, is there a is there a well, special weak point on a sub that you you press this button and all the bodies so I, shoot up to the surface? Well, because I remember watching it and thinking, like, okay, it's not like coming towards the middle; it's like coming back towards like where the propulsion systems are, mm-hmm. and it causes the sink; it crumples a little bit, and the bodies all get shot out. It doesn't get totally imploded, like uh, you know, like a rich person sub to the Titanic. Wow, you just threw that cat quite a bit. Cat is being mischievous. Sorry. Yeah. It was like a fake cat. <laughs> just Jesus. check it out the door. Jesus. Making noise. Yeah, so the sub sinks, all the bodies somehow eject up to the surface, including like the two like the captain and the XO or whatever who had these like it's like this key that like it's like two keys that fit together into this weird yeah. like cross key thing and that accesses the chamber where their cloaking device is, but also where the AI is, I guess, is what we're saying. I mean, it's like an Ultron thing. Maybe it's the AI merge with it's the cloaking the device. It's the source code that be, they... Became Ultron, yeah. We we find out later they they need this source code because that's the only thing that can, like, defeat the AI, I guess. But I guess this is the physical location of the source code. Yeah. You could basically revert it back to its, its original it's been, form. Um, it's, it's evolved elsewhere, I guess, is yeah. the point. It's been Skynetting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's safe at the bottom of the thing. And it's somehow, a cool sequence, I would say. It's I kept wondering, like, is one of these Russian dudes going to like suddenly pull off a mask and it's Ethan Hunt? You know, like I was thinking right. about that the whole time. Right. The only thing I dread about part two is I don't mind submarine stuff. I find extended underwater sequences other than Abyss boring. I think we already talked about this, but I find them so boring. I mean, they can be cool, but it. I think. I think actually even filming underwater is so tricky that a lot of times I, I kind of wonder if maybe like directors going into these sequences have a big ambitions. And then when they're yeah. actually filming underwater, everything is so hard to do that yeah. it just doesn't come off as very dramatically interesting. I mean, the well, abyss just, totally rules, but the abyss works. And I think, but I think Cameron gets the limitations of water, both how to work in it, but also visually what you're going to get. I think a lot of directors, like you said, they don't know what they're doing. They put actors and they do these action sequences. And it's like, Physically, you can really only do so much because, like, as the well, audience, it's, kind of, it's like being the in audience space. forgets they can't feel the resistance that the actors have, so mm-hmm. everyone's just moving slower than they would. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's like being in space. Like, I think about this sometimes when watching a show like For All Mankind, where like any sort of combat that you're trying to engage in, either underwater and in space, like you're basically fucked if like the other dude even kind of lands a blow on you you know it's like you can't really take a lot of damage down there you know it's like one punch could like pretty much put you out of commission yeah yeah um yeah so then we go from that to i think maybe the goofiest scene in any mission impossible movie other than like mission impossible 2 in its entirety which where ethan hunt gets doordash oh that's right i forgot about that yeah with like the weird new guy who never comes back like like you think about the guy in like the almost military uniform who delivered him the cryptic silhouetted info and fallout. I don't think they'll ever the, top the, that. They're like, you know, what is I the, am the storm. I am the storm. Like that was just like so badass. You're like, oh shit. Oh shit. Um, yeah. This was just like a DoorDash guy. who's like, oh shit. I forgot to say the code, you know? Yeah. Like even Hunt's like walking him through it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like hitting home this new, this new secret origin for every IMF agent. He's like, you made the right choice. And it's like, buddy, 
you were going to go to jail and now you're door dashing orders to Ethan Hunt? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. And and then uh, that's not that's not like there's no like light the fuse opening credits. We're we then going to the credits like 35 minutes into this movie. Yeah, because we got to go to like this like I think it's like the National Intelligence Agency or whatever where they're basically discussing the issue. Oh, there's this AI that we need to get. All everyone wants it. Ilsa Faust has it. Has like half the key or something. She's got one half of the key. Well, it's like let's get a bit a bit of like known. And just interesting looking character actors. Let's get Mark Gaddis and Adira Varma in there. Let's get the guy who played the one Admiral in Maverick. Oh, Warlock. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get the, all these fucking guys in here. And they're going to have. Carry always. A, a classic McQuarrie. Like this is not quite human spouting. Mm-hmm. It's of the intelligence. Briefing. I'm trying to remember like, is this like intercut with his like mission in the desert or does that come after this it's after it's this is after the is after mission in the desert there, there yeah, was like so a, the, it's kind of like they're going back and forth yeah yeah the mission is that ilsa stole the cruciform we hear from kittredge on the recording and he's just straight up like you don't need to know what this is or why she did it mm-hmm. you just need to get it back and i'm gonna do you a solid i've sent a bunch of mercs after her they're going to kill her for a $50 million bounty. If you want to rescue her, that's on you. He's basically like, history. I know you guys have like an FWB situation or something. I don't know, but maybe, I figure you'd want to help her out. Maybe you do. Maybe there's there's hugging and then fades to black. Yeah, they're, they never kiss. No, no, there's like man, woman, frotage. I don't know. I don't know what the... If I mean, if you told me I mean, that, that scene like, where they're on the balcony in Venice, like it is like they have chemistry, you know, like it's a nice scene between the two of them. But like it's like there's this resistance to having them actually just kiss. Rebecca Ferguson has chemistry of like houseplants mm-hmm. if she wants. Um, I but I mean, like. She's great in Rogue Nation. She's a fucking discovery. Like, again, if you were to just suddenly convert James Bond to a female character. To me, Rebecca that, that scene when she has on like she, the yellow dress, like the long train, like that's just fucking dope. Everything that whole she opera does yeah. in Rogue Nation would be like her her audition for James Bond. And then in Fallout, I know the actor is pregnant, but like, I she's feel amazing like, like, they, in Fallout. Yeah, they, they they still utilize her a lot less, obviously. Uh, but yeah, she gets the she gets like the nod from Michelle Monaghan, like the like it's okay. Tag. Also, yeah. I feel like we haven't mentioned Ilsa Faust is like. I'm sure I said this on the Fallout one. It's maybe one of the greatest names ever. Like, what a perfect name for a secret agent. Perfect character. Mm-hmm. She could do no wrong. Um, With the eye patch on, I was like, "Whoa, this is unlocking something within me." I saw something where Rebecca Ferguson can't do her one eye open for extended periods of time. Really? Yeah. So I mean, it's, like, it's a sniper thing too. Like, you, yeah, it, sure, it, yeah, it, it, it works. But yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't like say a, no to more Rebecca Ferguson with an eye patch. That's that's all I'm saying. The uh, the the trailer, like when they show off the scenes of her fighting Gabriel on the bridge, I mm-hmm. thought she's. I thought she had a. Well, she kind of has a sword. It looks like a sword. It's not a sword. It's like a cane sword. Yeah, but like I thought she had the eye patch then too, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I can't wait to have somebody uh, download this and turn it into a lightsaber for me to masturbate to. Um, but yeah, so. Ethan Hunt has to do a one man rescue her from from like like these desert mercenary you know, if, if we were hunters. doing top moments somewhere on my list maybe not at the very top but somewhere on my list 
The horse. Yes. The Ethan horse Hunt has like him and the horse both have ducked for cover. Like the shot starts with him in the horse, like lying in the sand, like behind a dune as like the mercs like ride past. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wow, they really got that horse to lay down. And then it's all in a single shot. The horse gets up with him on it and he kind of yeah. turns around and rides off. I was like, wow, that's like really impressive, like horseplay yeah. uh, in the middle of all this. Like that, that's a pretty good stunt on its own. Like it's hard to get a horse to do that. Really horsing around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. This is gonna be like a four hour podcast. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we get this weird th- action sequence where he's trying to like help her rescue. She's snipering. She's off. like sniping a bunch of dudes as they come and he's kind of coming up behind and like shooting people and, yeah, there's a sandstorm. Sandstorm coming. At, time. at one point, he's like signaling to her with like the mirror and the light from the mm-hmm. distance. Yeah, like, and then seemingly she dies, and then we go into this, you know, the fine minds of the intelligence community, which Rob Delaney's in there. Yeah, I like, like that, a um, admiral. I, I like that they had him wearing kind of like a purple, like uh, burnoose or bandana or whatever, so you kind of knew which one is him because they're all like covered head to toe basically you can't see their faces because it's like sandstorm um yeah they all but, look like tuscan raiders yeah, yeah but that that helped that he had like the purple thing on and then like i've always enjoyed the ethan hunt even though he's like ridiculously successful at what he does like something always goes wrong like they see him signaling and they start shooting at him you know it's like yeah, yeah. it's not like he's just like the perfect infiltration agent you know like he's batman or something well so no team just him yeah one man one myth. I kept thinking like this would be a great time to have a like a computer guy in your ear. I mean, one of your two computer guys having a computer guy. Yeah, they have two of them. Having a computer guy is nice in moments, but I like that sometimes they like it's not always a get out of jail free card. I think McQuarrie I mean, knows that like you can't you can't rely on that too much, or it starts to be not fun. Which is why I I thought Fallout was interesting because I don't know maybe. Uh, 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 what's his name? Marcellus Wallace mm-hmm. like has a thing where he's like he really only wants to work for a couple of days on each of these movies. Yeah. But like they had him do other stuff. He gives Ilsa's speech and Fallout. He like gets to like defuse the bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean he has he has like one of the great moments in that movie when you know Simon Pegg's like get get what's her name out of get Julia out of here and he's just like where's she gonna go? Yeah, we're all about to blow up. But uh, anyway, where are we we're we're still in the desert. Let's get out of the desert. Like so well, seemingly Ilsa's died. It's like. The the last like main dude it, like shoots at her as she shoots at him and seemingly they both go down and then Ethan finds her kind of she's like you know slumped over on her stomach and it's like oh I guess she got got too and then we cut to the the intelligence briefing yeah which is just a fucking weird scene but it's funny is they're in this office overlooking a bunch of like monkeys of typewriters like 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 just white collar government employees who are seemingly backing up a lot of our our electronic data with like typewriters because mm-hmm. we're worried about the entity as we're finding out this data dump about the entity. But it's one of those scenes that like it's totally functional movie, but then some asshole on the internet like me comes along and nitpicks it. It's like Carrie else would know what they're doing. There's a thousand dudes outside his office doing this. You don't need to explain to him what they're doing. He is would it know his by office now. or is it Kittridge's office? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's sure. Well, if it's Kittridge's office, you're really giving up the the power location. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're sitting on the couch like you're one of the guests. I I think it's Carrie Elwes's. One one thing that I feel like we have to mention, and I don't know how much of the show you watch, but like it was impossible not to think of person of interest while watching this movie because hmm. the bad guy is essentially operating as like a root type character 
who like they never they never show him like having like an earpiece to talk to his AI or something. I think that's Clearly, a huge failing. I, I think they're missing that. Like I, yeah. I like on the one hand, it's like, oh, the person of interest already did it. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but they did it really fucking well. So you might as well just go with it. I, I wanted on the bridge fight for him to have an earpiece. Just like at one point we cut and we hear the computer like duck. Yeah, there's oh, right. There's parts in person of interest where like the root character like gains God mode access to the machine. And it's like directing her like, you know, shoot 90 degrees to the right now, you know, like, you know, like yeah. telling her like what to do constantly. And it's it's really compelling. Yeah. Well, it's it's a great use of this omniscient, you mm-hmm. know, force. Um, yeah, just the, the intelligence briefing scene. It's cool. It's a movie. It It's just weird. I mean, this but, whole movie is just a little bit tilted into weirdness. It's a little bit of like. Wait, what was that? Oh, we're moving yeah. on to the next thing. You know? It's 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 using sci-fi to almost make certain logical aspects seem magical mm-hmm. in this movie. But, but who uh, is the yeah. guy? Who do they think? So like some random dude shows up to the media and kind of stands in the back. Oh, great casting on that guy. Yeah. That dude's fucking creepy looking. He's, he's super memorable. But like, who do they think he was? I guess is the question. I yeah, guess but, they, it's like Kittridge's ban or something because they, they report that they found that guy like knocked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Rob Laney gives him this to like you're late mm-hmm. look. Yeah, no, but when he answers the phone, they're looking for the director. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's the director's office. So you wouldn't need to explain to him why there's a thousand people of typewriters. You didn't just set that up. They've been working for a while. Anyway. So yeah, he's I don't know. Is Which he also new? that's a very that's a person of interest thing. There's a, a part in person of interest where the machine has like uh anonymously employed a bunch of people to like type out source code like every night to like save it like it's like physical memory hmm. so it's it's hard to tell considering the later parts of the movie is carrie i was playing dumb here i think like, he's you were supposed to think he's just sort of like weaselly bureaucrat yeah who like doesn't see the lawn game in the same way that kitchen does because like not to jump ahead, but later on, he's just like, I'm the only one who knows this information. It's like, dude, you're asking to get murdered right now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you fucking fool. Like, but like since princess bride, has he ever played a good, guy? I was just going to say that. Like, like Carrie always like talking to his agent. He's just like, you think I could play a good guy? And they're like, no man, sorry. It's, it's only I mean, bad guys from here. I've only seen parts of it but it's like it's not hard to do the math when you watch kiss the girls to find out that carrie ellis is going to be the villain yeah other than ashley judd and morgan freeman he's the only like, other, the other actor. actor in the movie oh yeah but like it just seems like very like the last 10 years like, it's like carrie ellis and like matthew modine have been fighting over the same role yeah like carrie ellis could have been the assistant commissioner in dark knight rises why not anyway uh um, get this hothead out of here also the fucking very cool looking gas bombs that you think ethan throws like there's a bunch of windows couldn't the monkeys and typewriters look up and see the light show the smoke light show in the boss's office that that the shots were in the trailer and i was fascinated I'm like what is happening there because like yeah. it's like kind of like a quick shot i'm like is that Haley atwell in that you know but no that was yeah. the indira varma uh character yeah. uh but yeah like i was not expecting that to be tom cruise i thought that would clearly be like a bad guy doing that but no it's it's we find out it's tom cruise in a mask he delivers like a little oxygen breather to Kittredge. He like puts it on. This is it's like it's is, like Ethan gasses everyone just so he can talk to Kittredge on his own. Well, this is one hundred percent like a screenwriting economy thing. Mm-hmm. This is not the best place for this sequence. Yeah, but you know they were just like, all right, look, 
we've got to do this whole sequence where the intelligence chiefs well, give the well, data dump. Let Let's me just ask you put this. Tom at the end of this. We don't want to do a whole thing where they meet at a Burger King and talk. Would it about. have been better if they held off on telling us that the villain is AI for a bit longer? Yes, it would. have. I think it would have. This is I not think, a perfect I think movie. It, it could have been more interesting if that was like a second act reveal rather than like they basically tell you immediately. This movie, I would sum it up as it is a incredible example of action filmmaking mm-hmm. of like why not to be too Tom Cruise here, but why the, the beauty of the, the movies going total to the cinema, works. cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Total fucking cinema. But I don't know. This is like a perfect movie. Like no, this, the script's a little sloppy. It, it's yeah. like, I've heard people say that fallout's like hard to follow. I'd never felt that way myself. This one was a little like, wait a minute. What you just yada yada over a whole bunch there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, he's gonna sit down with Kittredge. This should have been a bigger pick deal. A side. Yeah. Well, like I mean, Henry Henry Cerny's fucking fantastic at these things. I felt like they really missed an opportunity with the. Uh, I know you must be upset, Ethan. You he should have been like Kittredge. Yeah, you've never seen me very upset. It's, like it seems like this scene should have come like at the midpoint of the movie, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. It's, it's it, like it almost. I wonder if maybe it did at one point. Um. But yeah, the it happens very early in the movie, which is kind of odd. Yeah. And then, but, then, but it, it's similar to fallout in the sense where it's like, clearly McCory's just like, I've got 40 minutes of stuff I need to get through. And then the movie will start at this airport. Well, and then like, there's a whole thing where like in the background, like Kittredge gets a call and he's like, yes, yes, I know my man is down. It's not, a, you know, I, I, I got it. I, you know, it's, I understand. In the background, Tom Cruise is like putting on his like new disguise, which is Kittredge. And then yeah. Kittredge sees it and he's like, oh, great. And he like, he like gets like shot with like a, you know, dart or whatever to knock him out. But then yeah. it just cuts. Like, I feel like there are a few times in this movie where it's like, oh, I guess they got away from wherever they were. You know, you really didn't need like, the, maybe we don't need to see it. I don't know. But it's like, you put on the whole Kittredge disguise, you shoot the other Kittredge, and then it's just like, all right, moving on. Well, it's like in the first movie, breaking into the CIA is interesting. We don't need to see you break out of the CIA. I suppose, you, yeah. You've, you've already made the guy shit his pants mm-hmm. uh, uncontrollably. Well, yeah, so so Kittredge wants to control the AI, which is evil. Because it's like it's every country the, wants this AI. They're not working yeah. together because whoever has it wins, you know. They're not, they're not concerned enough that it wants world domination. They want to control it. And Ethan Hunt's just like, no, I'm going to fucking kill it. I will kill it. I shall kill God. Yeah, like I did as a level eight operating Thetan, and then oh, so yeah, in in the thing we get the the origin of Ethan Hunt, which is I appreciated because there are some similarities to aspects of Dial of Destiny, like like the train stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thrilled that we didn't see like a D. Oh they, yeah, they did Tom not. Cruise. They they very easily could have done. Oh shit, it's young Tom Cruise, and they didn't, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we see it's like he's like in an Italian tunnel with a woman it's in like, Isai Morales. It's, it's like, oh, we never told you, but there was this girl named Marie who's like his first love and like Isai Morales shot her and I he couldn't save her. would love to know what that character was before they, when they had to let Nicholas Holt go and do Eli Morales. Oh, that Morales. was Nicholas Holt? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very there's a yeah very huge and Nicholas Holt would play it very differently too. I feel like I I think the execution of Gabriel is a misstep in this movie. I think I think the casting is great because I think Isai Morales like, has like incredible screen presence, and so like I was never like not feeling his villainy. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, this is like like 
this guy totally reads as a villain. Like he's he's a yeah. great foil. But like the backstory and explaining him, yeah, that was totally missing. Like I wanted, I, it's like if you're gonna make him root, basically, like go there, like really, like establish, like why is this guy this true believer and AI or whatever. I think it's a thing where it's like you've got the presence, but it's not totally written to match the presence. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched any of Ozark. No, um, I watched. I watched the first season. He is the best part. My dude is a cold motherfucker. Like I don't mean like he does like evil shit because he does, but like you will die of the freeze with Isai Morales. Like he is amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's like he like young Isai Morales like kills this woman. This a little bit older Marie. You cannot, yeah. You cannot not read. I'm glad you brought up the first wife. You cannot like, not read. I don't, I don't know how to say this without saying it, but like Tom Cruise, there's two big things that he likes in women, and you can kind of chart it through his movies. And it's like Haley Atwell shows up in this movie, and it's just like, Tom, you dog. I know what you're about. She looks like Mimi Rogers, like granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way that there's definitely a through line from Michelle Monaghan to Rebecca the, Ferguson mm-hmm. to Haley Atwell. Yeah. Um, Marie like, dies, and at that point, Ethan Hunt Emmanuel was like they a are. criminal or something. Yeah, uh huh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so like she's this woman's red is a little bit older than I think the age we're supposed to get from what young Ethan Hunt should have been because this would have been pre Mission Impossible one, pre MI one. He was not in the IMF. He was some sort of criminal, I guess. Yeah. He, so yeah, this woman gets stabbed. Well, what has Presumably, Gabriel been doing this whole time? I felt like that was really sloppy to be like. Not only is like this avatar for this AI god, like this one dude, but like you know him, and he like killed the first love of your life like thirty years ago or something like that. Well, like so, I, I I'm Wikipedia's Wikipedia. I need I don't click on this this thing, but they describe him as a friend and ally of Ethan prior to becoming an IMF agent, which is. Maybe part of the backstory, but it's not totally present on screen. But so he kills this woman with a knife. Presumably when Tom goes over her body and the cops find him, he's framed for the oh, murder. Okay, sure. Like and I, then he's given the choice that we find out where everyone either how goes did to jail Gabriel, or IMF. Like what has he been doing for 30 years and how did he become like the avatar of the AI? Yeah, is he just like yeah. a mercenary for hire that got contacted or something? Yeah, and um, I don't know what's her name. I think they just call it Paris, um, the Palm Clementine. Oh, Palm Clementine, yeah, Paris, yeah, yeah. Who like, is fantastic in this movie? Wonderful. I fucking loved her. Yeah. Like, uh, whatever James Gunn is doing, which I'm not that excited about because I don't need another Superman in my life at this age. But like, if they're gonna do the Joker, I would cast her. That'd be interesting. I mean, she was, in my opinion, the best part of the last few Guardians of the Galaxy movies. She was the only one who really seemed like she was like bringing something interesting and not just like yeah. shouting and laughing constantly. Even though she was shouting and laughing constantly, but I agree. Yeah. But not as much. Not She wasn't giving us like the, um, I can't even think of the character's name. Drax. Uh, D- Batista, Drax. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you have never seen a character who is more like, or, or like within the, the character, the actor who's just like, I'm done. Like a Drax. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we have, we like, have reached the end of the fucking line. You can here. go watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and like in the back of shots where she's not even the focus of the shot, Palm Clementine is doing something interesting like all the time and like okay, really that, like unique. That Christmas special was unbearable except for her. Yeah. Yeah, that was, Un- that was a little fucking rough. bearable. That was like, oh, James Gunn just wants to play in a dad rock band. I get it. Yeah. He just wants a excuse to hang out with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
Tom Clemente is Paris. She's great. She's insane. Um, but great. Like, I just feel like they're eating Bond's lunch lately. You know, like, like there's like, oh, you know, Bond got like yes too and weird no. and up its own ass serious, and so we're gonna show you like a real Bond villain or like a real Bond girl. Yes, and no. I mean, she is she is like the the modern fantastic version of uh, Xenia on a top. I mean, if she, if she were in the Bond franchise, I feel like she'd be a top five Bond girl. Okay, like like the the henchwoman that he also sure, fucks. Yeah, but like I feel like Gabriel, you could read as a, a, a as a a lesser version of a Bond villain, like a good Bond villain. I mean, like, is he even? Does he even match up to like Rami Malek as whoever that guy was in, in the last one? I we didn't podcast about that. That was not a great film. I. I felt like I was punched in the heart watching Spectre and I was like, there's no way no time to die could be, it, it could only be better. I, I would say it, it was better it, than Spectre, but it was just kind of like, you're really going to spoiler alert. You're going to kill James Bond at the end of the movie and then put up a thing that says James Bond will return in the credits. Like, what are you doing? Other than Ana de Armas, I don't think it's better than Spectre. I hate to say, because at least Spectre, had enough interesting visuals that it could make some of its trailers look intriguing. That's it. I don't know. I would go back and watch No Time to Die maybe one more time, at least for Anadharma scene. I can't, like, Spectre just, like, washed over me. I was like, this is so boring. I just wish that all the returning actors had said no to that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the fucking Madeline Swan character. And Christoph Waltz, I, you spend she, all that time building up Quantum, and then you just swap them out for Spectre. Yeah, yeah. Who's that got the rights? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, at some point, I'll be waiting when all of you people finally get off your boats and come onto the shore and realizing that Quantum of Solace is truly a wonderful movie. I will. I will. Get I still you all think Casino Royale is better. Sorry, not going to join you. On I'm that. not. I'm not going to say that it's that Quantum of Solace is a better movie. But it's a sure as fuck underappreciated. I really liked what they were doing with Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. And then I was like, oh, I don't like where we're going afterwards. No, I I think you and I agreed that uh, Skyfall is not as fucking good as people think. Skyfall is like pretty, like the very definition of mid as a Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, um, where are we? Ethan has a new mission. You know what the Bond movies do though is they do a lot of really good the casting and then like they just fucking shit on it. Yeah. Like Ray Fiennes is M. That's a great idea. Um uh, what's her name from, from 28 Days oh, Later and Pirates? The Money Penny, she's fantastic, yeah. but like or could be fantastic. Anyway. But it's like they don't want to just let her be Money Penny. They have to give her an action scene. I don't know. It's like uh the the new Bonds were very frustrating. I don't me. have a problem with action money penny, but like they they it's just, but it's just it's overstuffed. Bad. It's like these movies are like three hours long because you're trying to give everyone their moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, do we? How much of Q was in the last one? It's like, dude, just go do some gadget stuff. Like, like yeah. let Bond have his own movie back. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, um, Ethan. I'm trying to remember, he it's Where like Kittredge thinks that Ilsa Faust is dead, and Ethan does not abuse him, disabuse him of that notion. And then we like we flash back, and it's like, oh. He, she was actually alive. She like rolled over and like tried to stab him. And he's like, it's me, Ilsa, your boyfriend. You know, um, I mean, it seems like, like they were together at the end of Fallout. It definitely right? seems like they're together. I mean, like she's like 
there in Venice and she's like, I've never been here. And she kind of rests her head on his shoulder no, and but I mean, hugging I mean, him and then it fades to black. And then later on they're holding hands. I mean, no, no. I mean, at the end of fallout, yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like they're together. Oh, it seems like they started this move. Like at the end of fallout, Michelle Monaghan has been like, it is okay. If you two hook up now, I give Lady, you my leave. Lady bro nod, mm-hmm. you know, I, I absolve you of this code infraction. As you can see, I have uh, acquired a West Bentley boyfriend with a weird beard. So I'm good. Who is the ultimate wife guy, Dr. Wife guy. <laughs> I yeah. fucking love the end of that movie. Man. The movie's fucking great. <laughs> that movie... Are you on vacation? No, I'm working. I watched it on Sunday and I mean, I know everything's going to happen. That ending is still tense as fuck. I remember watching that it's in the theater. Insane. And thinking, yeah. And, and actually thinking like they may not survive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, when it seems like the bomb has go. gone off and it's just like the sunset. Yeah. Okay. This movie does a lot of like, oh no, this thing's this train car is going to fall. Ethan's not going to get out. The train car falls. Oh shit! Oh yeah, Ethan actually got up like ten seconds. Yeah, it, it does that a couple times. I, I mean, like you could do that once in your movie, Macquarie. Like you can't do that. Let's talk about Macquarie for a sec. Did it seem like he was consciously trying to emulate a different style than what he had done in the other movies? Maybe this is just because they shot it on digital, but I feel like he was. Like in those fights, like kind of like around the duel between Ilsa and and Gabriel, when like Ethan's like fighting in that hallway and like the way it's lit and like the way it's framed and shot, like this was not the way Macquarie normally shoots an action scene. Well, it's hard to say because the look and the feel of of Fallout is very different from Rogue Nation. Yeah, very different. Like you, I mean, honestly, like rewatching the in the last couple of days, you could have told me if I didn't know that this was a different director than Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's some, there's some. I, odd I feel like some of it's visuals? the digital thing, maybe or something. It's like they were intentionally trying to go for a different aesthetic. It's fine. I don't think it's bad. I think there's much greater crimes against cinema committed by digital filmmaking than this. But there's definitely a little bit of that. Like, oh man, we can we can just stop it down so much. You're barely going to be able to see shit right now. It's like so dim, you know. This is taking forever, but let me tell you my concern. Mm-hmm. I am truly concerned that we could spend a full hour talking about the Ilsa, Ethan, Grace. It's a triangle oh, yeah. of sorts, right? Like it's they're, a they're, weird triangle. It's a fucking bizarre triangle. Mm-hmm. I that's why I wanted to apparently not sleep tonight and talk about this movie because I don't know if I can go to my head and go to bed. There, that's why I'm saying like there's no way. Nice, nice motions there. There's yeah. no way that she's dead like i just like because it, it reads super weird if she's not if, if if she's actually dead if she's not secretly still alive you're like man he moved on hella fast well like while it's great how they do it and i appreciate it you didn't need to bring julia back in the fallout like as far as the the, the, the oh the no serious you did. was concerned no but i mean like as it far seems as awesome theory- it is. It is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I, I love it. I love how it's done. But like, I mean, if you're going into conceiving that movie, you don't. You're not like picking up Mission Impossible Six and thinking like, "Fuck, everyone's wondering about Julia." Well, you no, you I mean? are. Like, Haven't you heard the origin of that? What? Like, they asked Tom Cruise, and he's like, "Well, you know, people have been asking whatever happened to Julia, so I guess I'm gonna like, you know, we should address that." Like, it's like he literally just like knew that a lot of people are wondering like whatever happened to your wife, and so it's just like, yeah, we should we should you respectfully. Know. Tom is wrong because in Ghost Protocol, we get we get more than enough. Like she's she's got a, another life. She's like living in witness protection essentially. Don't get me wrong, I love 
the I, I, I think you're wrong. Like this, the scenes are so good that how can he be wrong? But like, so the movie, but I think like by addressing it, it made it weird again. And you had this weird love triangle. They've got it but free they pass of that. it off. They they handed it off, and it's like Ilsa Faust is his number one squeeze, right? Yeah, and now, then Haley you know, Atwell shows up, and you're and like, I, "What am I supposed to be and thinking I knew right this now?" Was coming because if you looked at any of the stuff from them filming this movie, all like anytime the man and the woman are handcuffed yes, together, that is like 100. They are supposed to have sex with their handcuffs, yeah. and well, it's super and, close quarters. I'm sorry. The surviving the train stuff together is a sex scene. Mm-hmm. It is. It is the most graphic Tom Cruise sex scene ever. The way they are constantly touching each other and helping each other move from parts. They're all over each other in this movie, not sexually, but just physically. And it is you a know, sex it's, scene. It's a metaphor. Yeah, but it, it is. It is the throne room having fight to drive with Jedi. her arm like kind of like wrapped yes. around him. Yes. you know, because of the handcuffs, which is amazing in a movie. That already had to deal with just the the wattage of like uh, uh, white widows horniness. Yes, the Vanessa yes. Kirby fuck eyes, <laughs> and whatever Palm Clemente was doing. Oh, I, she's like coming every other moment in that mm-hmm. chase sequence. Man, she's wonderful. There's a great shot. Like I felt like the alleyway fight was a little weird. There's a great weird vertical shot of her when she's first walking up on Tom. Mm-hmm. It's fucking hot. Like yeah. she's about to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, they anyway. do. There's a couple like maybe maybe this is part of the digital thing because they can make the cameras are like really small and more maneuverable. Like uh-huh. the camera kind of like will flip over like somebody's like getting yeah. flipped over and it kind of goes with them. Like, yeah. yeah, they're like it's it's a more kinetic like style in some ways. But yeah. I kind of think I would I don't think it's bad, but I would prefer fallouts like a little bit more like smooth. Like fallout has those like shots of them like walking through the arcades and whatnot. Like it feels Fallout feels like it's like almost like trying to be European, and this yeah. movie feels much more modern. Even though it's all over Europe, I'm so glad yeah. that I was just in Rome, so that I know yeah. that a lot of those places are nowhere near each other. <laughs> uh, Speaking of went- Rome, so in Equalizer Three, Denzel's going to kill the Pope at the end, right? Like, is that what they're building up to? I mean, as we all know, the Pope is the leader of the Italian mafia. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I'm very confused by that because the. I don't know who watched. I don't know who it's for. I think it's Enjoyed for everyone. But like, there's that Equalizer TV show that's still running. Mm-hmm. Does Queen Latifah, 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 right? Yeah. Does she show up at the end of this movie? And yeah, like, they like know. do like a nod. I, I never watch Equalizer 2. I need to catch up because Equalizer 1 totally fucking rules. I have. Haven't you and I watched Equalizer 2 together? I don't think. We, I, we saw one in the theater together, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kept it going. It just like, it kept going. It like, it's like at the end of the movie, it cuts to like some Russian villa. He's like it, it, no, murdered hold on, hold like on. the entirety of the Russian mob. Hold on, hold on. It it there's a sequence where it's Die Hard in a Walmart, mm-hmm. and then 20 minutes later, it seems like he's just killed Putin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw two. It's 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 pretty. My sh- sense pretty was shitty. that it it just didn't like. I remember it coming out and me thinking like, hell yeah, Equalizer 2. And then like the vibes were off. Like nobody really wanted to talk about it yeah. kind of a thing. And I was like, uh, maybe well, I'll a, wait for video. It's a weird fucking movie because like the prologue is him doing something on a train in Europe. Is Chloe Moretz in it? No. Okay. Not Chloe Moretz. You're thinking of Dakota Fanning. Oh, is is she the one? Are you sure? I yeah. thought that was Chloe Moretz. No, it's Dakota Isn't Fanning. Dakota Fanning in uh, like Man on Fire or something? Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. Maybe you're right. Who was Claire? Is Claire sure the girl right. in the first one? You might be right. She's like plays a hooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it probably should have been Dakota Fanny because I think they're making a big deal about this is their Man on Fire reunion and, and whatever. Like, wouldn't it made more sense if this was Chloe Moretz and like it's the girl that yeah, he rescued Chloe in the Moretz. first one? Yeah, but like, wouldn't it make more sense if she's the one in the movie? Is there a anyway. girl in the third? Whatever. Yeah. Well, like whatever Dakota Fanning's doing, like wouldn't it make more sense if it was like Chloe Moretz's character? Anyway, so the the prologue of that movie, man, this is gonna be a five hour episode. The prologue of that movie Real is quick, on the derail us further. Did you watch the Amazon show with Chloe Moretz? Obviously, it? I'm in the middle of a fucking story. <laughs> They're on a European train having like an action movie prologue. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the movie takes place in like an urban setting where like he's like getting a dude out of a gang. And then, like somehow, some like uh, uh, I think Pedro Pascal's in that movie. Somebody's in that movie, but then he gets like, some like Blackwater dudes that he used to know are are like the villains. Anyway, no, I haven't seen the Peripheral. I think we talked about some Neil Stevenson podcast. Okay, I feel like I should catch up on it. I don't know. I watched like was, two episodes. Is it good? It didn't visually look good in the trailer. Um, it was intriguing, I guess. Like Westworld visually looked intriguing. If, even if I didn't know the plot. Yeah, I'm kind of over that style, though. That, like, I don't know. There's, like, a certain digital camera style. Like, drone shots. Like, all that. Like, and I've seen enough. I just... You can tell when it's a, a competent director and the way they just frame an image. Mm-hmm. Just That just, like, even without me necessarily knowing the context of the story... It just makes me want to. It makes me it's lean in. Makes me look at my eyeballs. Filmmaking looks like you know. It's like you watch the trailer for Ahsoka, and you're like, "Oh, that's not it." Did I watch for Ahsoka? I did. Anyway, um, are we at the airport yet? We are. Uh, let's pronounce it. We're at the airport. What I love about the airport is we don't get a lot of establishing shots. It's just suddenly like Benji and Luther and Ethan are like in a lounge. <laughs> Sitting around a table talking. And they have uh, done some hacking of their own so that like when like because Shea Wiggum shows up with like his buddy and like some other agents and they're Does trying his to, hair get bigger every it time just keeps we see getting him. taller. Yeah. Which he has like the two best lines in short, uh, you know, order about Ethan Hunt where first he says, uh, oh, what do is you the line? It? Says, um, he is a mind reading shape shifting agent of chaos. Yes. He's like, you should consider him secure until you've like driven a wooden stake through his heart. And it's yeah. like, hell yeah. Yeah. So like he's like just like a CIA bro who's got like a team. He's been sent by Kittredge, go. I guess, because the, the scene with Kittredge ends where Kittredge is like, we need this key so that for America. And Ethan's like, now nah, I'm going to kill it. And so like now they, they're after Ethan because he's gone rogue again. I, I think the execution of the Shea Wiggum storyline is just not amazing this it's is fine. like the russian dude in the russian cops, ghost protocol the russian, it's like yeah yeah it's some guy who's like doggedly following ethan around and it's like over the find course out he's of the movie guy. it's like oh, you know he's kind of a good guy after all like he knows his reputation i don't know if there's going to be like some kind of backstory where it's like his brother was somebody his brother was emilio estevez <laughs> in the first movie or something <laughs> yeah but the problem with shay wiggum and all that stuff is like the cia previously sent agent walker Mm-hmm. After Ethan Hunt, how, look how that went. Yeah, what are you guys gonna do? Yeah, he just doesn't seem as impressive as John Walker there. And I just can't believe that, uh, like Dubai airport security didn't shut this shit down a lot earlier. <laughs> Seems like it's like no man's land out there. But yeah, so they've they've hacked it so that Shea Wiggum's team like 
they're running their facial recognition and it's like, oh, there's Ethan. And they go like, you know, grab the guy, but it's not Ethan. It's like they've they've messed up the camera feeds. And so like they keep seeing Ethan all over the place. Which to me, this works better if you don't know about the AI part of it yet. Yeah. Because like at some point he sees Isai Morales because he has like special AR like aviators on, you know, to like highlight like the key that they're looking for. And then, like, suddenly, like, Isai Morales just, like, vanishes. And so he, t- and he, like, he's like, what? You know, it's, like, kind of digital erasure. And he takes his glasses off and the dude's gone. Um, which I feel like if you didn't know already what was happening, it, it'd play a little better. I'm just thinking since, uh, I think, is it Ghost Protocol where, like, the technology really goes? That's sideways? the one where nothing works. Yeah. But, like, but, like, what they have in general. The gloves, the idea that the gloves it's, could just like yeah, be magnetic. It's like all, all the fucking mm-hmm. touchscreen car windshield. Yeah. Uh, the AR glasses that could detect a key through clothing. Well, it says there's like some sort of like radiation emitting thing that's in the key to like make it like yeah, visible yeah. or something like that. You're like, sure, whatever. But also, it's so funny. It's like pretty quickly the movie establishes that our main characters know. That anything electronic can't be trusted because of the entity's ability. I feel to, like, like they keep trusting them. They they do they do, but also off screen they keep finding all these like oh we've got blah blah blah. Don't worry, it's analog. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay then, there's not a lot of tension here. But I mean <laughs> there there is, but yeah I know what you mean. And it's funny because like this was all covered in Person of Interest. There's a whole thing where they had to like create their whole own like cell network and. New York because they couldn't trust like the you know the one that existed well like they go to the fucking crisis suite at one point mm-hmm. and they're like there's like a fucking wall of monitors and shit and all this like time they're time like time. all cathode ray tubes yeah it's like okay cool mm-hmm. <laughs> where's the fucking tension I, don't, this movie I think it's just like it's, it's almost too hard to really like hit like some of like your AI paranoia stuff because there's like too much plotting and too many action sequences happening yeah yeah so the air- in a three-hour movie. Yeah, the airport sequence is a lot of fun uh, because it's like Tom Cruise has to go. He has to go sell. Um, does he have the key yet? I, I'm trying to even remember. They can't. They He's can't just go to steal the key. Half the key. He's trying they, to get half the key. But they can't just like they need to figure out what the key is for. So they can't like it would be easier if you could just go steal the key and they're done. But no, they have to like trace the key to the other half of the key and then figure out what the key does. You right. know, it's like it's like all well, that. You can only tell that one half of the key is authentic by putting up the other half of the key, but we don't know what, it, what the key goes into. It's a lot of fucking key talk. The key looks like a giant like cross because it's cruciform. Um, it gets confusing at one point because they're they're really concerned about this buyer, but then like later on the train, there's another buyer, which is Kittredge. Well, I, I think so. The the buyer at the airport has is a working fake, for Kittredge. I think no, he's working for the White Widow. I think. Okay, it's yeah, like I think to, he has a it's like to draw out Ethan, basically. I think because doesn't he have half the key already? Oh, he got it from Ilsa. He got it from Ilsa, so he he has half the key, and they're they the White Widow has like set up this buy that's supposed to happen to draw out. It's like it's it's not the real other half of the key; it's a replica, but it's going to draw out Ethan because he has the other half of the key. In general, when you're writing something mm-hmm. and you're setting up your story you really have to factor in like 
what can my audience misconstrue yeah. details for? Because now you're fighting against what they're creating in their own brain. We see the submarine crash. We see the bodies float up. And you're thinking like, okay, the submarine's never going to be found. But then but later they on, find, they have the keys. Yeah, they have the keys. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Eh. Um, yeah, so I, I believe what is going on is the White Widow has like set up this whole buy scenario to to draw out Ethan. But then it's kind of thrown into chaos by the character Grace, played by Haley Atwell, who's like a kind of master thief, like pickpocket. Who, Can I say something yeah. about Grace? Mm-hmm. I don't think the beginning of Grace is well executed. How do you mean? The way she's introduced and like the level of her skills and where we are with that, I felt like the movie is very lucky that it has Haley Atwell's gravity and charisma to carry it. Once we get to Rome, I feel like the movie settles in. I kind of know who this character is because she's like a super thief who also seems like, I don't know, completely out of her depth. She does. She does. Extraordinary. Come off at first as very much like almost like a civilian, even though she's like a super thief. Yeah. Also, Haley Atwell, to me, like Michelle Dockery, has a face that's never seen an iPhone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, But trying to think how this goes down she she was i believe we're supposed to understand eventually she was hired by the ai to throw off this plan she's hired by the white widow no no no. she's hired by the ai i think no no like the white widow tells her at the uh techno eyes wide shot club Mm -hmm. in venice that like you have this for me so i think we're led to believe wasn't it something where it's like she's only like communicated through email though so like she never met the person or something. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a misdirect that we're supposed oh, to okay. think it's the entity, but it's actually the White Widow hired hmm. her. Okay. Um, the White Widow is such a weird character thrust into this movie. This yeah. whole movie is so fucking weird. I love There's, it. It's in so the middle weird. of like this operation. It's like oh, it's like the the buyer gets pickpocketed by Haley Atwell, and so Tom Cruise has to follow her around, and like she keeps getting away from him, you know. And she's got the key, and like they're both doing sleight of hand work. You know, or it's like he pickpockets her, but then she does it back to him. Meanwhile, Benji is like randomly noticed that like there's like there's something weird about this like you know bag that got dropped off, and like alert came up about it, but then it disappeared. He's like, oh, I think there's a bomb because like part of the mission was to like figure out like what plane this buyer is going to be on, so that like you can get Ethan on the plane too to follow him. Yeah, and they, they, don't realize, they don't know where the, the key opens. Yeah, yeah. and and then they realize that this like baggage alert thing like that piece of baggage is going on that plane so it's like oh there must be a bomb that's going to pull its plane so which made me think of the uh, the tension in ghost protocol of like we can't let these guys have these like nuclear mm-hmm. codes yeah. but it's like we have to let the we, guys have the nuclear codes to follow them to the thing mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so Haley, well there's a lot of back and forth with her and tom she's going to perpetually leave him behind in every every chance she can get even though he's I don't know. I just think I love that they brought brought back the slate of hand from like the first movie. Yeah. Way way back in the first movie, he could like do that with like the disc and Oculus. Well, it's like other than the stuff with him and Emmanuel Bayard, the only other time that Tom Cruise executes what I would define as a raw sexuality in these movies Mm -hmm. is when he grabs the white widow in the club and and says, I'm as ugly as they come. (laughs) Like it's like it's like for a moment there, I believe that Ethan Hunt fucks. Yeah. The rest of these movies, I don't believe that Ethan Hunt fucks. 
maybe that's what why he's off his game because maybe he did shoot with Ilsa Faust, lost oh, of fluids, lost okay. his mojo, loss of uh, his uh, essence. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So Benji has to like go like into the baggage area, and there's a whole thing where him and him and Luther are talking, but like they're like muting their comms with Ethan, and they they open up this the baggage and there's like a nuclear bomb or at least they think it's nuclear and like in order to open it there's like this like eight wheel code and it's like asking him various questions to like learn about him i guess some, some fucking high-tech da vinci code yeah it's high-tech Not- da vinci code shit and like personality test questions and and also riddles too and at one point like ethan's like trying to like figure out you know like it's like him and uh Haley atwell are like hiding or something like that it's like the the net's closing and Luther's got to be like, hey, uh, we got this riddle for you. What does this mean? And like Tom Cruise repeats it. And then like Haley, I was like, oh, this is the answer to the riddle. Oh, yeah, it's so very funny. Like it was very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, you know, later when, when they finally do tell Ethan that it's mm-hmm. a nuclear bomb, they're like, well, we didn't want to we didn't want to worry. And he's like, no, you should tell me if there's, there's a, a nuclear, nuclear weapon. <laughs> but uh, so the McCory movies, the villains have a weird minor obsession with Benji Dunn. Yeah. Solomon, Solomon Lane's obsessed with him at the end of Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. He still wants to kill him. That's an, that's an unclosed tab we find out in Fallout. The AI, it's like, it's not like Benji's got a whole thing going on. He doesn't have much of a plot line in this movie. Um, so for the, for the you are done and for the AI to be asking about him, although we get the Two repeated phrases from the AI, you are done, and it's saying good luck good before luck. something bad's yeah. about to happen. But yeah, it's high-tech Da Vinci Code bomb. But it, what it all comes to eventually is that um there there was no bomb. It was just like a, a like personality test to like, I yeah. don't know, figure out, like feed feed Benji's personality into the algorithm or whatever. Um Haley Atwell's character gets away with at least half the key, I think. Yeah. I don't think she has the whole key. I'm trying to remember something like that. Something like that. Which she she meets a guy in a plane and like basically pawns it off on him. Well, we don't find about that yet, but it's like she gets away, and so Ethan has to run and get away too. And there's like this big shot of him running on top of the airport because like the net's closing in with Shea Wiggum, and then it just like cuts to the next scene. It's like okay, I guess he got away. Well, so here's another weird thing: you've established and try to make us scared of that info dump about the entity. Which, my God, take a shot every time the someone entity. says the entity. What is the, um, what's the Venture Brothers thing? The nozzle. That's oh. right. <laughs> Do not address the nozzle. The nozzle is calibrating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the nozzle is still calibrating. <laughs> the uh, nozzle has finished calibrating. Has that movie or whatever? I don't think, yet? I don't think so now. But it's like, like, Zaslav hasn't like, he hasn't like killed it yet, has yeah, he? Yeah, I think it's real. Or I guess they'll wait till it's finished and then they'll shelve it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. What was I gonna say? Oh, oh, yeah. So there's a whole thing where some of the problem parts of this movie no sense. The like military helicopter that Shea Wiggum's on. He's got his computer people hovering over it, hacked into all the security cams at this Dubai airport. Like, and like the security cams are saying, like, oh, this is Ethan Hunt. So his guys are like swarming on random people for like a little comedy. And then you're finding out though that like you're thinking like, oh shit, this is the entity. It's Luther. Yeah, so it's Luther's doing that, and then later on we we learn that the the entity can sort of do a similar thing. It's been erasing Isai Morales' Gabriel character from the whole scene. But it's like, 
which fucking is it? Like, it's like you're kind of stealing some tension away from the entity. Also, the like eye of Sauron, like digital Sauron eye, and like the pulsing sound. Oh, this the movie, yeah, really wants you to be freaked out by that. Mm-hmm. When they're so, like, this whole meeting is my interested party, and it's like, so it's like, okay, every, so the club is just watching me. Everybody gets away from the airport. I'm trying to think of what comes next. It's like there's a sort of like real yada yada situation where it's revealed that uh, the Grace character, Haley Atwell, has like chatted up some guy on her airplane and like dropped the key into like his pocket, his like vest or his like, coat pocket without him noticing. And he's like the perfect courier because he doesn't know he has it or whatever. And then I guess just like later she picks it back up. Like it's. Like yeah. I, I, it seemed like when they revealed that it's like, oh, well, are we gonna see this guy again? It's like, no, you were not. Like he, you know, he got it. But like she, she did that off screen, and then she lands on a plane. The plane lands in Rome, and she gets arrested by like the, the uh, Italian police or whatever because Tom Cruise called ahead and like, like warned them that like she's like a thief or something. Yeah, and so she's like in the embassy or something. I don't know. So, you know, some some sort of law office. And it's like, they're like, oh, we found all these like passports. Like, you know, you have a bunch of different names. Uh, oh, shit, your lawyer is here. And so it's like, take her to her lawyer. And they do. And it's Ethan Hunt. And she's like, oh. She's not this character, but this movie wanted to use some of the tropes of Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. A little, yeah. And, and it's a little bit confusing because it's like, for what some of what you're doing with the character, you're giving her cool tropes that don't quite fit the character. Because there's a whole thing where it's like she has like eight passports from different mm-hmm. identities of her picture, blah, blah, blah. Um yeah, so everyone is converging on the police station from from Gabriel to Shea Wiggum to Tom is pretending to be her her lawyer. They need to escape from the police station. To, to Which go they on do. Yeah. chase sequence throughout Europe I, I, or for Rome. There's like a, I guess like I had a recurring joke that, that she's a terrible driver or she's a terrible high speed driver. Fucking women drivers, man. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't um, take much to be a bad driver in Roma. Let me tell you right now. At some point they get cornered by like the, you know, Italian police. I don't know what they call those guys there. Um, there's, there's two. I'm not quite sure. I think this is the normal Italian police, but there's also the Carbonari. Yeah. And then on, on the other side, it's Shea Wiggum's crew, you know, and it's like they're hand Ethan and, and Haley Atwell are handcuffed together. And it's like, oh, you're really screwed. You're in the middle of the road. You're cornered on two sides. But then Palm Clemente shows up and like murders the Italian police who have like driven up in like a tank, basically like this big armored vehicle. And she like starts shooting at like Shea Wiggum's team and like in the chaos, like Ethan and Haley Atwell escape. And there's like crazy chase sequence like this was. I mean, we just saw another chase sequence in like a European or I guess it wasn't technically European, but, you know, like chase sequence in another, you know, country in the Eastern Hemisphere in Dial of Destiny, which was not particularly compelling. This was just a lot more fun. I'm very curious how they did the Spanish steps chase, because I'm pretty fucking sure they're not letting you film that Spanish steps. Um, It was like I said, it was fascinating. I was just in Rome a few weeks ago. And it was very interesting to actually see shit that I recognized that I was there. I know the premiere was like two days after I left Rome for the Amalfi Coast. Nice. But um, some of that stuff is nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> and then some of the stuff is, it was kind of like before I went to Rome, like like two nights before the flight, I I, uh, 
of course, watch Angels and Demons because oh, yeah. gotta, that movie would make you up. believe. <laughs> well, that, that's that's the exact opposite thing. Where that movie would make you believe that shit's way far apart from each other. All of the stuff they're they're showing you is within like two miles of each other. Um. Anyway. But yeah, I, I thought this whole sequence is good. You have the cops, you have Shea Wiggum, and then you have Palm Clementif and like this like almost a tank like armored vehicle chasing this tiny tiny little car, which like. I guess is an IMF car. Like, as he like pulls up his phone and he's like, I need a safe car. And like, this is what comes up. Yeah. And, and they're, they're handcuffed together in an awkward way where it's like the, the bit where they, they start the car like flips and rolls down the stairs. And like, when it settles down, like she's back in the driver's seat instead of him. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like this movie, I feel like has a lot more humor in it than some of the other mission possibles for sure. Like oh, so- fallout's like a pretty grim movie. Trophy wise, though, this sequence is really fucking hot. I mean, they're like, all they're, over each other. They're constantly. all over each yeah. other. All over which each is, other. Yeah, I mean, which is weird when Ilsa Faust is in the movie. You're like, what? Yeah. What well, exactly like, is going on here? It's like the like it's like the 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 entity behind the Mission Impossible franchise forgot that Ilsa Faust is the hottest fucking thing in the universe in Rogue Nation. It would make more like sense if, if Ilsa Faust was simply like away from us. if she wasn't ever a romantic interest and she just like exited stage left and fallout, it would make a whole lot more sense. It's like, oh, this is the new love interest for Ethan Hunt. But like, no, but Ilsa Faust is still there. Or if you played up the passion in the desert scene and actually killed her there. I mean, I mean, let's face it. She gets fridged. But I don't think she's dead, I guess is the thing. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's essentially like as it appears now uh, it's written but it's like, almost like, like it's, it's almost like, like um like an anti-fridging because they have to make very clear to tom cruise or to the ethan hunt like you can't seek revenge like that's not the mission you have to keep yeah. this guy alive you know but of course he wrestles with that so yeah i, I think the wrestling yeah is is the fridge aspect and then they they try to like buy a little bit by by getting giving it a little bit to grace like she's like grace is like oh i'm the reason that she's dead and luther's like oh no 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 no. you're the reason or she's the reason you're alive mm-hmm. so so I, after i just told ilsa faust in the previous movie like hey girlfriend my boy tom has only ever loved two women which is not true because he loved the fuck yeah. out of emmanuel bayar he loved the fuck out of tandy way newton the only good parts of mission impossible 2 is like the twenty minute. I have like, not watched that movie since I saw it in the theater. There is a twenty minute sequence where he first recruits her. That and they is just like, fuck a lot, right? Well, it's like camp James Bond. Yeah. It's so campy, but yeah, then they just roll around fucking, and then it's like, then it becomes Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to think. Like, it's so hard to like remember like where what the status of the keys are at the end of each of these sequences, but. I believe they have half at the, at the end of all this chase scene stuff, they still have half the key. I think. Yeah. Is Grace with Widow, them at this point? I think she is. Grace is with them to the tr- underground train part of Rome where she handcuffs him to the That's right. steering wheel. Right. And he has to well, walk we do the thing, steering wheel. Well, we do the thing where the, the train hits the car and we're like, oh shit, Tom's Tom's dead. And then like later we see that he just ripped the steering wheel off. I mean, it's not later. It's like immediately. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, it's several times we do this thing. Sure, sure. Um, But yeah, Palm Clementif is like coming throughout 
the destruction that she's it's it's very xena on top in all her the best super ways. humvee yeah but she's she's like like every time she can run over like other cars or like at least aim for pedestrians she's just like orgasming yeah it's it's and it's it's not like subtext that it's sexual it's yeah. sexual <laughs> but like she's also the character house just having a lot of fun like i think that's what's so interesting about her i think like this this it's so weird i think gabriel's kind of a misstep and she works so perfectly because she would be the easier element to fuck up yeah i think i i think with gabriel we're just like why are you doing this like who are you really it's a it's a dumb you know forced viral thing but have you seen the video of the interview she did the junket interview where simon pegs like in her ear giving her prompts no, I have not. So they do some interview thing. And it's probably all fake, but is like, it like a Letterman thing or something where he's like feeding her lines? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's just giving these bizarre lines and having to sell them to this 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 interviewer from England, where she's just like like asking something like, "Oh, are you a millennial?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's just like, "Tell her you hate millennials." And she's like, "Oh, I I kind of hate millennials." And the woman's like, "Really? Why?" And he's like, "Tell her that a millennial killed your dog." And she's like, "Oh, I hate him because millennial killed my dog." And the woman's like, "Oh my god, how?" And he's like. Tell her that a millennial beat your dog to death with his phone. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? But she's just like doing it mm-hmm. like it's like a psychopath. Yeah, no, oh. I like her. She showed up briefly in uh, Ingrid Goes West. And I think she was briefly in Westworld. Like, I think we can expect great things from her. She was uh, sexualized, but good in an episode of Black Mirror. I've not watched that show since like second season. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're fine. Yeah. She's uh, um, she's in the episode where Anthony Mackie likes to fuck his friend in the video game. Oh, is she in that one? But, okay, but one of them is in the body of Palm Clementine, so uh, it's okay. okay. Interesting. So after the Rome chase sequence, Grace is once again in the wind. I'm trying to think of like how I'm trying to remember how they get back. I think she's she's just going to meet her buyer. I think at this club, right? Well, because yeah, because we just we know that the next night at midnight she's going to be at this bizarre venice castle eyes wide shut i mean how do you you get invited to these parties i just this is like the crazy rave and fallout you know i have never been to venice but (laughs) i just thought it was hilarious that you literally have to take your boat to the door and but before we get to the party there's like this whole little mini scene where it's like you know it's tense everyone's pretty tense about the mission and whatnot. And then they like go out on the balcony and Tom Cruise is like chilling there. And Ilsa Faust comes out and he's like, I've never been to Venice. And she's like, neither have I, you know, and they kind of like hug and she suddenly gets very like girlish and affectionate. I mean, it she's, would, she's she's always cool as a cucumber, and then suddenly but like, she's if just they're like, in a relationship, it would make sense. You know, like even if she's cool, most of the time, it's like, Hey, you're watching the sunset in Venice. Neither of you have been here before. It's pretty fucking amazing. Like if ever there was a time to really like drop the uh, kind of the hard edge and kind of like enjoy the moment, like this would be it. But it's it's bizarre to me because I don't really feel like the desert stuff is coded as we're in a relationship. You don't? No. I did. I don't know. I, I just assumed from the end of Fallout that they were now in a relationship. Absolutely, I would assume that from the end of Fallout. But in this movie, it almost plays like he hasn't seen her in a while. And it's, I mean, part of it is just the sequence itself. It's just no room to be affection, but it doesn't seem like 
they're signaling to us that these two have been together or what have you. I mean, I assume or- that they're just like meeting up at random like five star hotels and like breaking the bed like once every few months. That is never going to be an Ethan Hunt thing. No. He's not <laughs> George Clooney up in the air. I I would I would one hundred percent believe that when he clearly fucks Elsa off screen. Do you think he scene, cries? Yes, he cries, but I think it's probably the first time he's come since Tandaway Newton in Australia. He's been saving it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like Benji and Luther come running in with their guns. Like, uh, Ethan, are you okay? And he's just like, I'm she's great. Like, she's plastered on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like jumping up on the bed like it's a couch on Oprah's set. Yeah, I'm great. But there's like, a, there's, I mean, like, there's the body language thing when they're on their little boat or whatever. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, these two just fucked. Well, they're at one point they're just riding the gondola in Venice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, they gave each other a look, and she's kind of does that kind of like blushy smile thing, like <laughs> you just shot inside of me, which is very much like, a, oh, she's definitely about to die. You know, it's yeah. like you could not telegraph more that like, oh, she's doomed now. Um, so they, they go to this crazy party thing, this club and, you know, this like old castle or something in Venice. Um, and like this whole sequence where it's like all of our main characters essentially are drawn together in one like it's not a room. I don't know what you call but this. By, they're by the bar and then they go to like, they're like, private they go to like a, like a private booth, booth or something. It, yeah. Their bottle service area. It's the white widow. It's the white wither widows, like douchey French brother. I love that. They brought that dude back. He you just has like a funny face. French Tom Hardy. Yeah, that's exactly French well, Tom Hardy. It's so funny. Like the next day, he, it's a bruise under his eye, but I thought it was a giant mole that he didn't have <laughs> the day before. And I just thought, like, this guy would absolutely just start growing weird face moles. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what is it about the White Widow and her brother? Where it's I love always that he's a little just, bit sexual. Well, I love it because Vanessa Kirby is horny as fuck. I'm surprised she's not like humping couch arms in this movie, but like. He's just like, yeah, I'm gonna be your 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 cuck enforcer guy, but also we only exclusively do business in the arms of like raves. <laughs> Seriously, so it's it's her, it's her weird French brother. It is, and they they invite Grace there, and Ethan is there, and then also uh, Gabriel and Paris show up there too. Is that all of them? Yeah. I think that might be all of them, and and yeah. like various random rando henchmen, like faceless henchmen. Well, and, and Paris is dressed like she's in My Chemical Romance or something. Like, she oh, she's like, got like a whole weird like anime face thing with like a, a tear tattoo and like yeah. kind of like a, a white mask, like face paint. Yeah, like wearing like one of those like band leader jackets. Yeah, she's dressed like Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, I think yeah. at another point she's wearing like a like a Catholic school girl, girl skirt, like in the the Rome chase or something like that. Yeah, there's a there's. Well, whatever it's hot the, the whole sequence is hot there's an upskirt shot of her hopping back in her humvee at one point in that chase and i was like just like fucking hey did i just see like ass and crotch like it's not like you know oh, you did it's it's like her her underwear but it's like this camera was just like pointed up <laughs> from the street anyway yeah like they look Total ridiculous cinema. they look ridiculous but but awesome and then Eastheimer is just gonna be like hi everyone remember me well, it's this scene was like this is how it I was talk. so weird and kind of like amusing because like it's like we've got everyone together and they're just like, what are you doing here? You know? yeah. And like 
basically what what it comes down to is like the white widow has orchestrated a lot of this the two keys are in one place now i believe right i think they this is where they put the keys together it is still just the one key no it's still just the one key so it's the one key what the white widow has the white widow has the other somewhere yeah grace Um, has the one key on her and then and she's been like at various times like putting in other people's pockets and then taking it back when she needs it kind of thing there's a lot of fucking eye chatter. Like, do you remember the eye chatter in Jim Cotta? In like the dinner scene? It's like that, but times a thousand throughout this movie. The amount of times that Grace and Tom look at each other, Grace and Ethan look at each other to be like, it's in this dude's pocket. It's like, we know this. We got it. You've already communicated this. Stop communicating this to each other. It's weird. And then Gabriel is like, I represent the AI, basically, who's, which is here, by the way, and is like watching you or something. And the, the AI has brought you all together. He, yeah, he's just like talks in these weird. Hey, you all know who I am. You know, who I, represent. I know how your story ends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk in just kind of oblique, vaguely supernatural terms. You know what I'm about. I fuck a computer. Absolutely. And he's like, the AI has basically told me that like one of these two women have to die and then like I'll be on a, a, a train tomorrow to like get the other half of the key or something like that. It's very much like the AI has like predicted all possible scenarios. And it's like one of these two women will die. Either your girlfriend dies or this other your girl, new girlfriend, your, your new girlfriend, Grace dies. And the whole time you're like, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of weird that like we're both, we're supposed to feel a way about both of these women, but it's like, well, also be- we could, we should say too. So this movie, like Haley Atwell is 100% the co-lead of this movie yeah like she is the female lead ilsa is just sitting in the corner doing nothing oh i don't think we mentioned she just kind of shows up when they get to venice right like, like she's with like, benji and luther she she had gone off the grid after the uh sequence in the desert and then she's just like back like hey what's up ethan well, like, like i'm back Rebecca with ferguson crew. has been showing up to the press like she's been fun she's been excited she's enjoying herself clearly with like simon Pegg. seemingly it's like if you want to be normal you just go out and do these interviews with simon Pegg or whatever mm-hmm. but like this movie is almost executed in a way where like maybe tom and mccory hate rebecca ferguson <laughs> i mean like right i mean it just seems like she's not getting the cool lines she's not getting the cool sequences this is grace's movie well, one could understand, like, you're, you're, you know, Ethan Hunt, secret agent on in this, this evil villain is threatening either your girlfriend or this other woman who is seemingly an innocent. And it's yeah. like, you don't want either of them to die, obviously. But like, if you really had to choose, it's not like you're not going to pick your girlfriend, right? Like, like it wouldn't, I mean, it's Ethan Hunt. So it's how, like, he refuses to choose, but still. How does your relationship survive you not yeah. picking your girlfriend? Yeah, really. I, I don't know how the second movie doesn't end with a sequence where where Ilsa survives and he's taking both her and Grace to bed and Grace is wearing an Ilsa They're mask. Like a thruple. Yeah. And Ilsa's wearing a Tom mask. That's just what's so weird is that like I yeah, how does part two end? Like what is the status of various relationships? It almost seems like they need to like introduce another character to be like the Haley Atwell love interest. Otherwise it's weird. Because right now it's like Tom Cruise is her love interest, but he also has this other love interest. I mean, maybe she's actually dead, uh, Ilsa Faust. And so it's like, hey guys, it's cool. He's got a new girlfriend now, but it's just, yeah. Or, 
is it like a time jump and it's like him and Grace are like fully together, but then like Ilsa shows up and it's I mean I if, if Ilsa Faust had died in the desert and then it was like six months later, it'd be like yes. okay, yeah, yes. oh, sure. Yes. It's it's and then and then it, it, it becomes a thing where it's just like Tom Cruise isn't gonna let another woman die because of him or you know, Ethan Hunt, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and also Tom Cruise. He's like, listen, here's the deal. I've let five women die for me. That's my cut. <laughs> I'm tired of letting women die for me. Shelly Miscavige is the last one. <laughs> Habeas corpus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh it's basically God. like the, one the, of these the two press. women has to die. And the white widow, like Ethan Hunt is just like, hey, just kill this guy. <laughs> you know? And she's yeah. like, well, I could. But like I hold the cards now and like if I if I give this key to one of the governments like the U.S. and all the other governments are going to be after me. So maybe I'll just give it to like this guy instead, even though he represents the A.I. itself. And it's like clearly more this, dangerous. This whole scene. Like I feel like there's a fucking how do I put this? It's like you've got Michelangelo's David, but you haven't chipped away all the marble. You can't see the penis yet. You can't see the penis and the way too large head because the head is way too large. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I, 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 like, there's so much. It was going a fun scene. Like everything was going on. I was like, I was like really vibing through the scene, but like, it doesn't make a ton of sense because the the entity and Gabriel know that the that Zola and the White Widow are going to be on the 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 train, the Orient Express. <laughs> I'm open, what's the Orient the Express? The actual was, Orient Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this movie is just written for me. Um, but like, like it's a secret because they have their other buyer. Their second buyer is like going to meet them there. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a. Oh my god! How does the, how does the AI? It's like even though they can read all of our fucking emails. Yeah, but like he's like, no, don't you understand? The AI is terrified. Like so, like you have the power, and she's like, oh, actually, I am terrified, and blah blah blah. And like Ilsa's just like sitting there. Ilsa makes one comment i can't even remember what she makes one comment to this whole scene and of course the white widow has to be like "Ooh, i like her <laughs> and it's like do you she Bill was also Faust is like you know ethan there was that moment where the uh the villain said he had to choose between me and some woman that you met like yesterday and he didn't immediately choose me and i just think you're sleeping on the couch yeah yeah you got you got one taste of the candy shop earlier. There will not be mm-hmm. a second taste of the candy shop. It's, and so it's, it's like basically Isai Morales just leaves him and, and Palm Clementif, right? And Ethan Hunt's just like, just kill them. And it's like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna hold you here and like I guess decide which one of these women dies, but then they both just like run away anyways. Yeah. And like they all everyone gets away from the white widow and it's like they're all running through the streets well, of Venice the, for the second time because in the desert, he told Ilsa like, you're dead. Go be dead. Mm-hmm. Like go, go hide out. Don't resurface. And she of course came back. And this time he's just like, run, just go hide, disappear. And so she'll do that only she'll come back. And like grace again, abandons him. Classic Ethan hunt running scene, like Tom Cruise running, but like we, maybe we, one of the best. After we just got the running on top of the airport too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think the best might still be the long shot in Mission Impossible 3 because it was really the first time. Yeah, that's true. He's running at the end. But uh, Fallout uh, has a really great running sequence too, though. Well, Fallout, I was thinking about when you mentioned like how serious and dour it is. 
it will then have the weird fucking comedy. Like maybe the second most funny moment in a Mission Impossible franchise is when he's just like, I'm jumping out a window. Tom Cruise. I wonder if he's past that because he hasn't. No, he did this in in, uh, Maverick. He likes to do the scene where he's like encountering civilians and has to be like, what what are you going to do? You know, like. Yeah. yeah, he kind of still has that in Maverick at the beginning when he shows up at the diner after the plane. But are we up. are we agreed on the funniest moment from a Mission Impossible movie? Um, you tell me. Is it- it's from Ghost Protocol. Okay, it's at the end of the Burj Khalifa sequence when Jeremy Renner yells, "You're not going to make it!" And Tom Cruise yells, <laughs> oh, yeah. "No, no shit!" shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that movie's that movie's a lot of fun. I had like great. I was like man Brad Bird is like this is it he's his next movie is going to be awesome and then he made like uh, that Tomorrowland Marlin. movie and he's like yeah oh, never mind yeah I wanted to say when we were talking about the Spielberg as director I wanted to say Brad Bird but after Tomorrowland I mean he was just a bad script I mean that was a Lindelof script which like that guy's yeah. never made a good movie I mean he's a good TV writer but yeah. like all his movie scripts are ass. I would love to really dive into what was the Star Wars pitch with the 60-year-old Ray. Is that guy, it doesn't seem like he's canceled in the same way that like Joss Whedon is canceled. Did you read any of that stuff about the Lost set? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, he, 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 he's taking ownership for his... He, he, he understands how to play the game a lot better than Joss Whedon does. But also, like. the impression I got, though, was that it wasn't sexual power plays he was just kind of an asshole i mean wasn't that a lot of i mean whatever you know but like it just it's interesting to me to watch the difference in reactions like it's like he knows how to like do the right kind of apology whereas like whedon just like kept digging himself deeper but i mean like wasn't that like i mean that's that that was the thing that i didn't think i remember reading in that excerpt it wasn't like he was like fucking with starlets and writers and like using his power as the showrunner no but i mean like that there was a lot just, of like, like very really much... questionable like racial comments and shit and just oh, like, the racial yeah. stuff too? that's that's a shame that's a shame so he's 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 more of a max temkin than a joss whedon i suppose yeah mm-hmm. but anyway we'll see if he makes a reappearance um hopefully not as a star wars screenwriter yeah i can't even imagine what it's like pitch would have been to have like old ray that just sounds terrible well the, there was like a like a fatalism to his self-deprecating remarks about getting fired. It was like he knew Wars. what he had wasn't good or something. You know? He's a, he's a weird guy. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a hold his hand over the candle guy. Is he interesting? So everyone's running around in the streets of Venice at night. We get, this is a lot of like, I don't know. These digital camera shots where it's just like you can like really stop it down low and everything's so murky and you're playing with shadows and whatnot. Like there's a lot of that here, I feel like. Yeah. Um Benji is like navigating Tom Cruise. Like he's chasing after Grace, who's like run away once again with like the key. You know? Yeah. Um and he's chasing after her and Benji's like, Oh, go left here, go right here. But at some point the AI takes over and it's just like mimicking Benji's voice. And like kind of leads him the wrong way. It leads him into a trap basically with Paris and like some mook who like, you know, it's like some nobody. Yeah. And then kind of has like a, like a, like a mediocre, like, ha ha ha, Ethan Hunt. Mm -hmm. Twas I. I could have done with a better AI voice, like whatever 
Like, I feel like that's where you got to go pay for like, um, like a, a heavy hitter, like a ScarJo or, um, I don't know. It was like a male actor. I think it's just an amazing voice. I'm trying to think. Michael Sheen. Yeah. Tom Hanks. I was just saying, I was just thinking to myself, I don't know, 45 minutes ago into recording this. Like if you could get Tom Hanks as like a CIA superior. It's like the next, uh, director of the IMF. Yeah. Like yeah. have him, have him be the weird Anthony Hopkins esque cameo. So we have a, a fight between Grace and Isai Morales on this like bridge over a canal in Venice where like she randomly just like grabbed two like switchblades that were like, his. They're his. Yeah. When the, and everyone had to put out their weapons. His mm-hmm. whole thing is he has two knives. That's his thing. Yeah. So she grabbed those. She runs into him on the uh, canal bridge and she fights him and like she's not a fighter. So obviously yeah. he kind of like completely houses her. To, to me, though, the movie never even fully hits the the thing that I assume is the, the Grace thing. It's like, I don't know who I can trust. No one's got my back, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like it never fully communicated that point. You had to intuit it. And that she kind of just seems like a little thing. bit of a rascal the whole time. Yeah. Well, like that shouldn't be the thing you have to intuit. Mm-hmm. Considering that this character, like, honestly, the movie should have started with this character. Yeah, yeah. If if, if she's going to be in it this much, we should really have like her POV kind of thing, and and, and be this focal where like point? suddenly she just runs into Ethan Hunt, and you're yeah. like, oh hey, it's the star of the movie. He is showing up. You you, know? you could do the submarine. You could do the Ilsa and Ethan in the desert. Ilsa dies, and then you could do like it's six months to a year later, and here's a here's a wacky Grace adventure, mm-hmm. and then like this guy just grabs her. Yeah. But yeah, so she just gets like handled pretty easily by Isai Morales. And then it's like he's about to kill her to like fulfill. It's like the AI has prophesied that like one of these women needs to die for like, I don't know, like the the narrative to run correctly. There's there's like, uh, yeah, there's like, an, uh, I don't know. There's a little bit of uh, Doctor Strange at the end of Infinity War. They explain it later that the AI needs one of these women in Ethan's life, Ethan Hunt's life to die because then he will want revenge and he would he would seek to kill Isai Morales rather than like taking him prisoner to like find out where the uh the the key goes to. It's like that's that's what the AI fears is that like they'll it'll it's like protecting itself. You know, it needs to make sure that Ethan won't be cooperative and will just want to kill this guy. I got to assume the revenge I take would be different than if you killed my girlfriend versus the woman i met two days ago yeah who, who i who i who i generally Maybe the like. ai is picking up on it it's like i don't know man they're all over each other in that like car yeah. chase so maybe there's a little something going on here yeah it's like uh do you remember when ray touched kylo ren's hip in that throne <laughs> battle it's like that times a hundred man <laughs> it's real there's no that's funny this movie has none of those like real quick security camera pov shots it never does that to like see what the AI sees. Oh yeah. Yeah. It doesn't do like the person of interest thing. Yeah. That's we true. never do that. The person I just did that mm. a fuck ton. Yeah. To great effect in my opinion. Um, but so anyways, you think he's about to kill grace and then Ilsa Faust shows up and they like duel. She has, she's taken the uh, like sword cane of Paris. Like she has it. Um, yeah. and they like, they have like this like knife versus sword fight. Uh, and eventually it appears that she is like, stabbed with a knife like in right right into the chest or something like that and ethan runs up and finds her he's he's fought off paris 
and but like saved her like like decided not to murder her the way he did to the other guy he like he's like kicked he, the shit out of her down the steps and it's just like they, her there. it's like her and another dude are fighting he kills the other dude and like could kill her he's like got like her big lead pipe that he could like smash her brains in with oh sorry sorry you're talking about the yeah, yeah. Paris but then said he like he like doesn't you know and she's like oh you know wow i didn't i was not murdered uh, but I'm out of commission now. So Ethan got away from that, but then he runs out to find Ilsa Faust's body, would, seemingly dead, lying on the steps with like a you know knife sticking out of her chest. I would argue that I hate to say because it's an expression of violence, but that the uh, the lead pipe thing is like the second most like sexual Tom's been in mm-hmm. these movies. Yeah, like there's a there's a there's like a real he fires guns force. in these movies, which he rarely does in a Mission Impossible movie. Uh, he. I mean, it's all over Mission Impossible Three. It happens quite a bit in Fallout. It's it's Does just he fire weird. Guns he's in Fallout. Yeah. When? Uh, there's various parts. I, I watched hmm. it the other day. I, okay. I remember the gun. I remember specifically thinking like, wow, there's like gunplay in this. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of gunplay in Rogue Nation, but it's so bizarre because it's not at all in the first movie. Yeah. And then John Woo, it's a fuck ton. In the oh yeah, it's all one. over the second one for sure. And then J.J. Abrams because there's you know what I you know what I really hate and i know that they exist that's how it works i miss the days when we would present like cia troops as i don't know something more elite i really don't like the kind of thing where like they have like the just like that vest on and like they're wearing polos they look like they're blackwater operatives Hmm, okay you know what i mean like sure sure the way these like special operative guys actually look i i it just i don't know it bothers me there's a lot of that in rogue nation yeah, the, the Blackwater look. I think I think that that's that's the one that kind of stands out. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I was talking I was I was confused. But Isai Morales has kicked the shit out of Grace. He could take half the key from her right there or kill her as well. I and mean, does he know she has the key? Yeah, who knows. I guess the the AI is basically telling him what to do the whole time, so just kind of have to go with that. Hey man, I saw them like passing that thing back and forth and doing a lot of eye chatter. They, uh, there's just a real thud moment though in the club where everyone's like, oh, Gabriel here represents an interested party who wanted to throw this party. And then he's like, you could say that this party is my interested party. And it's like the graphics all coalesce into the digital Sauron eye. And it's, it's like, making weird noises, like weird digital. Rrr, like, rrr, rrr, yeah. rrr. It's like, okay, so it's watching us, but like that doesn't hit that hard. We don't get like the, the digital surveillance camera footage, like where Tom realizes he's being watched. Again, Tom and Ethan are going to be very interchangeable coming out of my mouth. It's late. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so this is the moment we were talking about before where, when he's standing over her body and then we see him quote unquote grieving afterwards, there is space like an oceans 13 or oceans 12 or oceans 11 movie where there could have been a whole off screen thing where he got her to a hospital or well, she's it's, fine. Or it's she's like her fake her death. He stands. He's like, Oh no. Standing over her body with a knife sticking out. And then like cut to him on another balcony, kind of gripping the railing. Like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm just real, I'm real mad right now. I'm grieving, you know? And then like cut to, Haley Atwell, like talking to Luther and being like, Oh, I'm so sorry. That sucks. You know? And then he's the, like kind of all business afterwards. Yeah. Like, like he's not shed yeah. a single tear, but like if you do like a big action prologue in part two, it's like, how's Ethan going to get out of this one? And suddenly like Luther and Ilsa show up and they're like, Oh, it's going to be a mask thing. Right? Like, 
But if you do that, though, isn't that undercut by the fact that, like, she just showed up out of nowhere at one point in this movie? I don't know. Like, she could have given her a better introduction. Yeah, I don't know. I I remember when, like, a reintroduction when Fallout came out, they were like basically like, "All right, we're shooting in New New Zealand." what can we do with this location? And they're like, maybe it could be cashmere. And they're like, sure. And so they just like wrote that in. Like, that's the way they make these movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of fly by the seat of their pants. Yeah. So anyways, they need to get on the train where now we're told that the reason that the white widow and, and French Tom Hardy are getting on the train is that they have an actual buyer who will be Kittredge that they need to sell what was supposed to be the full key to, but they're half of the key. And so they're going to make a masks and like have take out the white widow and Zola and Tom will be Zola and like they need grace. Haley to Atwell be. will be the white widow. Yeah. But, but it's like this whole thing where it's like, you've got three options, which is like you go to jail or you can die, mm-hmm. which I'm like, if she goes to jail. Aren't they still just going to kill her in mm-hmm. jail? So really it's all, it's all dead. Or you can like make the choice, which suddenly we're capitalizing the T, agent. Yeah. the T and the C, which is this is how we all and then all like Luther and like Benji are both like, yeah, this is our thing too. This is how we join. It's like really, really. I so I mean, they they did establish that Luther was the only man alive to hack NATO Ghostcom. So what I what I love though is that in the first movie, IMF is obviously a division of the CIA, but it has this kind of cool international flavor where it's like agents could be Tom Cruise or John Voight or Ving Rhames or Jean Renault or <laughs> uh-huh, Emmanuel uh-huh. Bayard. Yeah. yeah. They could also be French people <laughs> or Emilio Estevez or, or Scott Thomas. Chris Thomas before she got fucked in the tub by uh, Saeed. Isn't that Saeed in English? I, you no, know, sorry, oh, it is. Yeah, I've never Hines. seen that movie, though. No, it is, Saeed, Saeed though, right? is in that. Yeah, Naveen Andrews yeah. is in that movie, but I've never seen it. I just remember Elaine Bennis saying, sex in a tub, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, All right, so they basically convince her. It's like she's very reluctant to do this, but Tom Cruise has to be like, no, trust me, like this is all going to work out. And it's basically the plan is like, all right, I'll... We'll we'll get there. I'll get the key. I will then like pull a ripcord on my parachute that I've been wearing the whole time and like fly away from the train. And you will just you'll have get to, arrested. You'll just have to turn yourself in and like like ask to see Kittredge and say say you want to join the IMF. Like that's your plan. Even which though, isn't a great plan for her. Yeah. Even though it's like thirty years ago, Kittredge and I had a lot of animosity. We didn't talk for three decades. Mm-hmm. We just had some animosity when I gassed the national security director and he told me he, and he sent a bunch of dudes after me. But yeah, yeah, I trust this guy. Mail him his clothes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, she agrees to it and whatever. They 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 make the mask for her to be um, Vanessa Kirby. But then when they're making the mask of Zola, the thing breaks because, of course, it does. I assume it's like the AI made it do that or something. Um, but like their mask machine breaks. So like. He's going to have to figure out another way to get on the train. And so yeah. she's going to have to go in alone. He's just like, just, you know, make sure you keep keep the key, you know, like keep track of the key or whatever. And like, I'll be there. She's like, OK. Yeah. So she goes undercover as the White Widow gets on the train, knocks out the other White Widow. And she's got both keys now. And she like goes to meet the buyer. And like. It's Kittredge, which I think is it's like kind of a surprise. You're like, oh, it's him. He's here. He's the other buyer. You know, obviously so, it's like America wants it. 
Well, we find out that like he basically is the one who set up Zola and the White Widow to be what they are, mm-hmm. because picking up from the end of the the first movie, which I, I mean. I don't mean to give Vanessa Kirby shit for being the horniest character alive in these movies. Like Vanessa Redgrave is very hot. And very. There's horny. a whole lineage there. Yeah. Yeah. In, in that first movie, like she is very cool and very, very horny in that movie for, especially for Ethan Hunt. But like, presumably when he was like, hello, Max and like arrested her, it's like he, they cut a deal. They cut the a CAA deal. could use an arms dealer in their pocket, you know? Yeah. And then seemingly the, the long haired blonde, henchman that worked for her got free and then went to show up again in uh ghost protocol which i think we talked about the last time we, we podcast mm-hmm. about that movie but yeah so it's kittredge and and so grace is going to do i think maybe the worst job ever of impersonating a person while wearing their face there's a whole thing where he's I what is the exact line? But like she thinks her cover is blown. He's like, "Oh, you, you're much different," or something like that. Like, oh, you, you know, he's like, "You're not so and so." Yeah, I don't remember what was her name. And she's like, "Uh," and he's like, "You're a little girl still." That's how I remember. Yeah, I remember when you were 12 years old. And it's like, ah, ha, 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 yes, yes, indeed. All right, and in then, order to do the steal, I need my brother to go outside, and I'm going to show a lot of concern about this Grace character that I hired to steal half the key. I need to make sure she's okay. Which is totally suspicious and out of character for me. Mm-hmm. Also, as compared to my usual self, my whole affect will be like I drank all the cold medicine. <laughs> and also, it's like, and after I, I need you to protect this Grace person, and I don't want you to tell my brother about it. And in fact, if you ask me about it later, I'm going to act like I don't remember it. But, yeah. you know, just like you need to make sure that she's secure and has lots of money. And then we get these pointlessly comical things like cutaways of cages the white widow like waking up from being falling drunk. back asleep yeah. yeah and it's like what are we doing here She's it's drunk. just like weird physical comedy with vanessa kirby yeah yeah i mean I, they obviously they were just like she's great in fallout we get her back in as mm-hmm. much as you possibly can i i didn't think you needed sequences of paris and gabriel like sneaking onto the train like like gabriel could have just gotten on the train yeah yeah true but there's no reason for him to st- i mean other than like the economics of storytelling is like oh we'll have him sneak on the train with the conductor or with the the coal guys and they can fuck up the train yeah they, like, you can't basically better than this kills the uh people running the the orient express there and like breaks the uh like the off switch or whatever you know and like speeds up yeah. the train because the ai has told him hey tom cruise is trying to get on this train he's going to get on at a certain point so you need to make this go faster so like he'll miss the train because Tom Cruise is like on a motorbike, like chasing the train, and he's he's thought that he's timed this right to like go around this one curve and like hop on the train, but no, the train's going too fast. We are working way too hard to get to the motorcycle stunt in this movie. Like we are working. Like, there, there's got to be easier ways for Ethan I mean, Hunt if, to get on a fucking. If you train. didn't know there was a motorcycle stunt, though, does it? Do you think that works a little I, better? Maybe, yeah. If he didn't have yeah. that fucking documentary, but yeah, mm-hmm. like it just seems like it doesn't make a lot of like it seems like there's easier ways for Ethan Hunt to get on this train. Just like just, get behind, like follow it on the tracks or something. Yeah. Just yeah. put on a, I don't know, whatever. Like it doesn't always have to be a mask. Like, I mean, it was a cool stunt, you know, but whatever. Um, well, the, so Benji sends him on this crazy thing up the mountain. It's like, but the level the height of that mountain, there's a whole thing where Ethan Hunt, like doesn't know where he's going or what, what the, like, am I on the right track? And it's like, at a certain point, Ethan Hunt would know if he's gone up like, a thousand feet of <laughs> yeah, elevation really. that this is weird mm-hmm. 
He's not a fucking idiot, Benji. So he's he's still trying to get on the train. Um, Paris and Gabriel are on the train. We're doing the whole meet with with Kittredge, where you know Grace is the White Widow is like working out these terms. There's like a whole thing where it's like the they're gonna transfer her like a hundred million dollars like on the blockchain or whatever, and they're like waiting for it to verify. And so we're watching like a progress bar. And oh, this it, movie has two instances of crypto. Two instances. Too too much. I mean, it makes sense for like, you know, untraceable, whatever, whatever. Um, but it, we're, we're building up to all like it, it gets to 100 percent. And like she hasn't been found out yet. All she has to do is hit accept because she's she's at some point he like passes the phone to her and he's like, put your bank account info in. So obviously, you know, she, we assume she does her own. All yeah. she has to do is hit accept. But like it's like her conscience kicks in or she realizes like this is, would be a bad idea because she has a line after where she's like, I realized I'd be selling more than myself or something like that. So she she declines instead, and then like she has the key at this point, I think, but like she gives it to Cerny and like leaves. But then like she's after doing after she gives it to Cerny, she like steals it right back, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a there's lot a, of slate of hand. There's a whole thing with the the Ethan Hunt Zippo lighter. Which like what did that do? They, so they, it's 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 his lighter that at one point she's taken from him and he's he's no, they, slipped it, in her I, pocket. I think it does something when they first introduce it. Like it's it's part of, it's some sort of tech or something. I don't but think yeah, it does it, anything in this movie. No, I, I thought think, it was like to help with like the uh, it had like the sensor in it to sense like the uh, the radiation on the keys or something like that. That was the glasses. The glasses saw it. I don't know. I'll have to watch it again. My, but like the lighter does my, something involved with that. My feeling is because this movie gives you a lot of invented backstory that we've not seen one iota of in the previous movies is that we're going to find out in part two that he either got this from Gabriel or from Maria like mm. 30 years ago or something sure. like that. But yeah, so it's like this is like kind of their thing. At one point when he's pickpocketed her back earlier in the airport, he's left her the lighter for like the weight. And so it's like they're constantly like doing this like change a room like one person has the key and now there's lighters there and blah 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 um so the lighter is going to constantly be moving around inconceivable um yeah so so i mean i i would if i was grace i would have been like by the way i'm grace take off the mask you like mm-hmm. we'll just call the hundred million dollars like a signing bonus as you yeah. recruit me to the but IMF. she basically she leaves and like seconds later the drugged and dazed real Vanessa Kirby shows up and they're like, wait a minute. And like check her pockets. Oh no, she's got the key, you know? Yeah. There's a, there's a line that's almost too good. When, when grace as white widow pops out of that cabin, you know, wearing different clothes. Cause the white widow always right. wears white. Yeah. And like the brother's like, you change. And she's like, well, you never will. And it's like, we really haven't established a brother enough to like lay such a good line on him. <laughs> Because this dude has somehow does this dude die in this movie? Because he gets no. wrecked, but I, I assume he's like unconscious. Well, it's weird though. It's it's weird that he somehow has less to do than he did in Fallout. He's like or just makes, like her stooge, basically, or like makes less of it. Yeah, there's yeah. no reason for him to be her brother. I mean, I guess he's like he's like the head stooge kind of, you know. Oh, yeah. we were we were told earlier that somehow after Fallout. She had put like a bounty on Ethan's head, but they worked it out. Sure, yeah. Or was which, it Ilsa's head? I can't can't even remember. I think it was on. It was on quote unquote John Lark's head. I think. right. Okay. Yeah, 
I, I love I this love, movie is still like it's still got to do some uh, some placeholding or some moving around pieces from Fallout. Listening to Vanessa Kirby say the words with her accent, John Lark, like it just sounds really nice. And so yeah, like they yeah. have her say it a few more times. I truly hope somebody is listening to this podcast having not seen the movie, mm-hmm. just trying to make sense of yeah, what the fuck no. we're talking about. So it's uh, Haley Atwell runs away, but like Zola like catches up to her pretty quickly. Meanwhile, the rest of the passengers on this train are just like freaking the fuck out, like running away. They're like two yeah. other cars, basically. But it's like, oh, he's about to shoot um, Haley Atwell like in the face. But then, fi- meanwhile, Tom Cruise has done his stunt where he like rides a motorcycle off a cliff and like you know parachutes down and Honestly, he like flies through the window and like knocks Zola out, like perfectly timed. I would say, honestly, kind of not super thrilling. I thought it was fine. I thought in the trailer, there's always a cut when he's driving off the cliff. Like it, it cuts at the last minute to like a shot from the front and then it cuts back. But there's no cut here. It's all one seamless shot. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. The problem is, is what was really interesting about the fallout parachute jump Mm -hmm. is that they actually had a cameraman who, you know, went back first out in front of him so that camera was in tom's face and i'm sure it wasn't actually all one shot but it seemed like it was all one shot yeah and yeah yeah but i mean like that camera was in his face in but like, i mean a like really believable way whereas this that you can't do that just because of the nature of the valley and everything yeah. well and this is like this is essentially like a base jump so it i'm sure like it's technically probably more dangerous than like the halo jump but Didn't it doesn't die that's how my cousin died yeah it nice. um it doesn't like the halo jump seems more impressive, even though technically like this is a more dangerous stunt. The halo jump just seems cooler. But the problem is you're, you're confined by what your audience understands and reads Mm -hmm. the same way that like to an audience underwater sequences don't look as exciting because they are not feeling the resistance of limbs moving. Yeah. So, yeah, but like, like I was saying earlier, in the best way possible, we're watching this action sequence of like Gabriel and all this stuff. And I was like, in the theater, I was like, oh, Tom's about to like crash through the window and like, and he like does. knock somebody yeah. out. And of course he does. And it's like, it's great. And then he like double knocks him out because the, he, the dude starts to wake back up. And like, then this train, there is a, his chute is still like outside the train and like pulls him back, and, you know, and he like crushes the guy against the wall again yeah. before uh, like cutting the chute. Uh, yeah. But then like in the middle of all this, the key is like fallen to the ground. And like Isai Morales just kind of like crept in and like zoinked it away and like yeah. leaves with it. So now we got to go fight that guy. I would pay money to hear Isai Morales say the word zoink. Mm-hmm. Zoink. Pretty good top of the train fight. Like one of the better ones, I would say. I mean, I don't know what the best one of those is. Like this is better than an indie one for sure. Oh, it's interesting. There's a lot of similar beats to the indie train sequence i don't know i don't know if this is the best i mean i wouldn't say it's the best i'd say it's definitely better than the indie one but if you think about it though as far as okay speed wise there's a little bit difference but like you have to kind of put that that tractor trailer fight from the matrix 2 in there with like morpheus and the is that a train it's not a train but yeah it's kind of the same sequence that doesn't count it's got to be a train because the train has like the tunnel thing and whatnot, you know. You maybe, duck. maybe I hate to say, it, maybe the beginning of Skyfall is up there as far as top of a train fight. I mean, I think I'd have to put the Wolverine train sequence on like the bullet train in Tokyo, pretty high up. Maybe. I'm probably forgetting a lot of them. I'll have to research that later. 
yeah. Anyway, I'm 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 more used to the scenes where uh, the man and the woman kiss, and then we watch a train go into the tunnel, and uh, mm-hmm. smoke comes out of the tower or out of the pipe. Um, yeah, but like the there's a there's a tunnel where they have to duck down and stare at each other. That's Dino Destiny. Haley Atwell's up there too. The the little things that hang over the mm-hmm. train occasionally where you have to duck. Down I mean, that's and that's a classic, you know. I mean, I mean, you, you gotta have it. What's not missing here is like Isai Morales taking a fucking thing in the face, flying it's... off the train, and then showing up. Oh, there's years speed. Later, there you go. Yeah. Are they on a train at, speed? at the in the end, they're on the subway. Oh, that's the subway. I'm taller than you, or something. I don't know what his his line is at the end. That's an L.A. subway too. Mm-hmm. That's lesser. Um. Yeah, and then and then the, the, they get the key the, back. There, there's, there's the it's, the one example of like the AI being in some kind of contact with Isai Morales. He's got like a timer on his watch where he like, gets off at the right moment. Or but but before that, like Tom Cruise has like gotten the upper hand on Isai Morales, and he's like, it's like, oh, he's going to kill him. You know, he's got the knife to his throat, and he's like pushing it in. But then like Shea Wiggum and the other dude show up, and they're like, hands up, you know. But like, I think. I think we're supposed to read that as all like a ruse because like secretly Tom Cruise has like lifted the key from this guy and put the lighter in instead. Cause it's Eastside Morales and like knows just when to jump off the train into like a padded truck and it's like driven away. Well, and it's like, Oh, though, he got away with the key. No, wait, no, he didn't. Ethan Hunt has a superpower in this, which is to get right up to like the last second and then seemingly fail. And then we find out that like actually secretly three seconds ago, he did the exact right thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's hard to yeah. say if it's, it's fake or not, or if it's just like, uh, the, the screenwriter hit rewind on something, but like, there's a part though where Isai Morales is like, you can't kill me because of blah, blah, blah. And then like, Tom's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to drive this knife into your throat anyway. Oh, we, we totally haven't mentioned the Carrie Elway's part of this where he was also oh. on the train and he, he meets with, uh, Isai Morales and, and Paul Clementif. And like he basically tells them like his part of it, which is like he he also wants he wants to ally with the AI because he's like, hey, I know like here's here's the backstory about how the U.S. like infected the Russian sub with this AI. And like that's how this all kicked off. But like I know where the sub is. I'm the only one in the world that knows where the sub is, which is like with the key to that they're chasing around. Like that's what it goes to is that sub, you know, like the like, well, they, chamber. They that specifically sub tell us the thing that we we could guess which is that the bodies were found hence mm-hmm. they found the two parts of the key and it's like surprise the sub is actually directly below where those bodies are yeah <laughs> but i've somehow managed to keep that a secret i'm the only person even though i just told you to and he's like oh, and I, I want to ally with the ai like the united states government and this ai will like just will crush it together you know which, with our which resources so obnoxiously naive that I found it to be. Well, it's kind like this guy annoying. hasn't been watching the rest of the movie, so he doesn't realize that, like, clearly the AI is like terrified of anyone gaining access to that sub because that's like the one thing that can hurt but, the AI. So the AI has no interest. Like, it's like anyone who knows where that you know thing is is going to be killed immediately. But also, you were in a room, my man, earlier with Mark Gatiss and mm-hmm. Dear Farmer, Warlock, Rob Delaney, and Kittredge, who all told you this thing is evil and it's going to mm-hmm. take over the world, like. Allying yourself, it doesn't it need you to ally with it. It'll take over the entire, like, you know, military industrial complex on its own. Have you not? Do they not it, have Terminator a little movies bit more in the like, universe? The entity, Bubby, let's cut yeah. a deal. Yeah, yeah. 
Fucking it. It's, so, it's so obviously he, he gets murdered immediately. But then I, the, the fun part of that scene is that uh, Isai Morales then like tries to kill Palm Clementine because he's like, Ethan Hunt like saved your life. So you will betray me. Like, cause like the AI told him to do it basically. What well, like, there's not enough. There's, again, there's not enough direct indication that the AI told him to do that. Yeah. Him yeah. Or told him to do something. You have to intuit it all. Yeah. Which is, I'm not saying you should have spoon feed it to the audience the entire way, but at the beginning, you should give us a little bit of that for us to to play with. Well, it does. It it creates the question of like, is I, we presume that the AI did that because the AI is like predicting everything, but like it could maybe just be him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a little unclear. I you could honestly do a thing in part two where Isai Morales is like, yeah, there's no actual AI. I've mm-hmm. I've been the villain the whole time because. You've not really seen a whole lot of demonstrations of its power other than like it hijacked their communications yeah. one time or sunk the sub one time. Uh, yeah, so Isai Morales, like you said, has gotten off off the truck. Now Carrie Ellis is dead. And, and then he like he starts a timer on some bombs that are gonna blow up a bridge that the train's supposed to go over to like kill yeah, everyone on the train. Yeah. Palm Clementine has, has a, a knife in the abdomen because he always has two knives. She left one in her abdomen. So yeah, like they, Ethan Hunt had when they had separated for him to go after Gabriel, he had sent Grace forward to slow down the the train. She's just like sitting in that like coal car and just like yeah, I couldn't do it. She and he's like That's she fine, does a let's... little bit of a move to like she's got to go outside the train and like jump you know to a car because like the the door is locked or whatever. And it's like all right, you did that, and then he kind of just hung out because yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, that's fine. You tried. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's just like separate the cars now. I I I'm glad that we get the over the topness of the the cars going over. Cause I was like, you guys are not far enough back to like yeah. slow down the momentum of this super fast. We've been told this train is going super fast, so there's no way you're slowing this thing down. But yeah, so they separate the cars from the main the front car and it well, flies off and, well, and then blows it just, up. It turns into like Uncharted 2, where it's like Yeah, yeah. They're having to climb up these like cars, you know, like before they fall off and explode or whatever. Yeah. Well, we, we, it, was, it was a good sequence. It was like a super cool sequence of like them constantly like getting from one car to the next car. And then like the other car starts to fall down too. So they got to well, get to we, the top of that. We get this kind of fascinating, like really like how does the mechanism that holds the two cars together? We see them like hanging over this gap and like working together or he'll pull one side and mm-hmm. she'll like kick down the other so they can like spin it around. And it's like, it's the start of like, okay, this is a sex scene. Well, no, there's also a, a scene later. I think it's when the piano is about to fall on them, which yeah. is hilarious that there's a fucking piano on that train. Well, the very adorable and sexual though when like they're on this like it's like a divider between two tables but like now that because the car is at mm-hmm. a 90 degree angle they're standing on it and he's like all right i need to jump over there and she's like behind him and yeah she she's that's what i was gonna say letting... she's behind him and he's like i need to jump but then she like grabs onto him and it's like holding him and it's so he like turns around and faces her and he's like trust me i gotta do this you know it's okay and he turns around and you think that she's gonna let go but she just like grabs him again it's like you but don't I mean, do that if it's not supposed to be romantic but, but even prior to that, before they even get to that car, when they're climbing up two other cars, the way he'll grab a thing, swing over, then he's like got a hand on her hip and he's guiding her over, and then she'll grab a thing, and then she's like touching him and moving him over. It's like this, this is, is the way... most he's ever touched a woman in any yes. of these movies. Yes, I saw something where like Haley Atwell finally addressed these rumors that her and Tom Cruise are sleeping together, mm-hmm. and she's like, 
like it's i felt honestly very terrible for her because she's just like you know i have a family yeah like i'm like married and like <laughs> my husband doesn't love reading these rumors and i don't love having to address the fact that i'm not sleeping with tom cruise like but it's like i never really got that from the the filming because i just saw the trophies and the the filming scenes but like or the the behind the scenes pictures but like holy shit in this movie tom yeah. cruise has never touched a woman this much i mean because like in 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 top gun which we talked about a few episodes ago a year ago like it's all kelly mcgillis bringing the heat i mean he's bringing a different kind of heat in that movie yeah he's bringing volleyball heat <laughs> she's bringing like i'm raging hot fuck me on this couch or i will explode mm-hmm. and burn down the city yeah um anyway so so they they eventually survive. big action sequence climbing up the various cars and whatnot we, very very satisfying big budget like it's like yeah you've seen you've seen train stuff before but i feel like they they delivered something that was fun and entertaining to watch and thrilling and, you know, like everything you want from a big blockbuster. The, the, the Shea Wiggum stuff earlier, we get a sequence of his like main, his main dude, the only guy who seemingly survived their encounter with Palm Clementif. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, like, by the way, they find Palm Clementif later and he's like, Oh, we got a pulse here. It's like that guy, like did she shoot like both your partners or something in the face? I would think you would just shoot her in the face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's like they have these weird little things where it's like Shea Wiggum is like the guy who doesn't take any. He's like the gruff American doesn't take any shit. Who also reads to me like obviously you're not an agent who's been on missions before because you would know there's just certain ways you don't do things. Yeah. Where his partner, his partner is like the guy who like he wants to talk to people and calm them down. And Shea Wiggum's the guy who like walks in the room and like shoots into the ceiling and it's like move at new people. But they have a whole sequence earlier where they're talking about. Well, maybe Ethan Hunt had a good reason for what he's doing, and like we 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 obviously now we know about the entity, and you know, no man should have that power, and blah blah blah. And it's like it almost sounds really... like you're on their side. It's like, well, I'm on the world side, you know. Well, it's like, but you're you're also not really characters in this movie. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they they've worked together to like help clear the people to the back of the train to save lives, and now they're coming back, and yeah, he's got the what's the sky thing called the, the ethan hunt the luther pack oh like the i can't remember what they call it like sky wing shoot, or, the sky wing or yeah. yeah but but before that though um it's like palm clementif like it, it, when it really seems like they're about to die because it's like ethan's hanging on the, like one hand and the other one's got uh Haley atwell and it's like how's he going to get out of this and like oh hand reaches in to grab him it's palm clementif who has yeah. a knife in the gut but it's like still good to like help him up and like save their lives and it's like she had to do that because he saved her life and we, then we, she's like here is the information you need for part two and now i'm dying but not dying yeah she like croaks out about the sub which is named after some, sebastopol some, yeah yeah which is so funny because change the v to a b there's a sebastopol california mm-hmm. um yeah like We've already done the thing where one of the train cars, it really looks like Tom and Haley have just like crashed their devs, but like, oh, nope, they all escaped just in time. Yeah. So she quokes out the stuff. They find the Skywing. Tom Cruise is like, like, well, I only got one of these. So peace out. Well, like, what, what, to me, that read's so weird. It's like, you knew that before, though, right? Like, Luther yeah, that was a plan you? to begin with, but it's like there's a lot of kind of like very close, like touching of faces and whatnot, you know. So, but like Luther like, had specifically told you that he packed a Skywing because mm-hmm. he, you know, whatever. But like, I kept thinking, like, 
Haley Atwell's just going to like wrap her body around him as they do this. I mean, maybe we're just being like way too, I don't know. Like it's like we refuse to, to agree with what the movie is telling us is that Ilsa's dead and Ethan Hunt has a new girlfriend, you know, and we're just like yeah. not accepting it, even though that's clearly what's happening. Oh yeah. The movie is very, very straightforward about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it it created a weird thing going in this movie because there were all these behind the scenes shots of them filming the sequences of him and Grace where they're handcuffed together and it's like okay we saw them do basically this kind of same thing two movies ago with him and Ilsa and then the trailer looks like Ilsa's going to die this is a weird vibe to take into this movie it just like hangs over it the, the yeah. Ilsa depiction is so bizarre I don't know, just Christopher Corey just hate Rebecca Ferguson? It could just be like, oh, she's got to shoot Silo, so we'll write her out. I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel like they're writing her out because it's played so muted when she quote unquote dies. It's just like, they just move on so quickly from it. Yeah. See, I I wish there was a sequence where it's like, you can go do, like, Silo can have you, but they they can't let you shave your mustache. Mm -hmm. You have to CGI it out every time. (laughs) Um, yeah, so so Shay Wiggum and his boys show up, and Palm Clementif has a pulse, and it's like presumably this is the new, this is the crew going into part well, and, two. And Haley Atwell, like she runs into Kittredge, and she's like, "I've I Tom, you know, Ethan Hunt said I could make a choice. I choose to accept it. So like she's going to be a new IMF agent now too." And there's like voiceover of Kittredge giving Tom Cruise this next mission as he's like flying away on his like Skywing or whatever, like just a parachute. And Isai um, Morales has realized that like he's got the lighter and not the key. Mm-hmm. And then we we have a shot. But at the beginning of the movie, we had this kind of interesting, like we're panning forward through this kind of alien landscape, but we're underwater. And then we kind of flip over because what we thought was like the weird terrain is actually the ice at the it's top like the of the ice surface. The and so we're kind of doing like the reverse shot of that. So it's like we're all heading for the submarine. So the entity knows where the submarine is because Isai Morales does, right? Or at least not exactly where, but like he knows that like the thing that needs to be protected, like the the lock with the like, key opens is here's on the where submarine. it gets weird. Yeah, because the entity is there. The entity is in the submarine, but it's, it's air also gaps, everywhere. Though, I it's also everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It just happens to have a previous version of itself. There it's that it's can source be code is on the yeah. submarine. Yeah, source code. Source code. Then Jake Gyllenhaal will show up. Also, a Michelle Monaghan movie, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I dread underwater stuff. I don't. There's not a whole movie. I don't want a whole submarine. Movie. I feel like they're going to like whatever. I don't know if that will start the movie, but like whenever they address the submarine thing, I feel like that's going to be like ten minutes in the movie. I, I hope so. Yeah. But I'm I'm guessing we're going to have a little bit of a time gap. I would not be shocked if like he's got his new IMF team, which includes Kittredge and Shea Wiggum and like Palm Clamatif and they have to go undercover and they're, well, I would uh, assume, I mean, it, Ethan, I guess he's, he, he got another mission. So I guess he's back in, he's not rogue anymore. Right. But I, 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 I would not be shocked though. If like Kittredge is also a little bit rogue, but like mm-hmm. rogue and like, uh, I'm your rogue boss now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I, I feel I'm like we've critical. nitpicked a lot, but like, yeah, it's like I totally had a blast like watching this, this was movie. a this was a fuck yeah movie. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, like as far as like a, an ending for a part one, this felt a lot better than like the end of Dune part one, where you're like, all right, I guess that's the end of the movie. Like this felt like a good breaking point where it's like we've had a satisfying movie. We know that the what the objective for the next one is, but we'll we'll wait to like you know watch that in a year and a half or whenever it comes out. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, have we covered everything? Probably not. Because I mean, I I I thought like the next day after we recorded about Dial Destiny, I was like, man, we left out so much with so many little details that yeah. we missed. But like, let me blow your mind to something. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Uh, he's 61. Yeah. Um, John Voight was 57 when they shot the original Mission Impossible, so he's older wow. now than John Voight was when he shot that movie. Wow. How old is Haley Atwell? 40? Good question. I would guess she's like 39. Let's find out. Haley Atwell is 41. Okay. That's uh, hmm. better than it could be. No, I mean, I think Tom Cruise has been like very kind of generous with all of his female co-stars in these movies. Yeah. Um, I, I just he gives them all. As, you mean like age young? gap? Yeah, yeah, yeah no. But like, I mean, in in with Jennifer Connelly and and Maverick too. You know, like, um, yep. I don't know. He he gives them good meaty roles to play. Uh, it's not like they're just playing the girlfriend for sure. It's another movie where. I believe that Maverick and Jennifer Connelly were dating. I do not believe they were having sex. No, they just laugh a lot. Yeah, they just lay in bed and laugh. They lay in like, it seemed like when they lay in the daughter's bed and laughing and then like <laughs> not touching each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know when the next movie comes out. I do remember there was like, I don't know, it was like a Hollywood Reporter article or something. It was a whole thing where like somehow like Tom Cruise had like, it was like final hostage, cut. Right? Like he was holding the movie hostage. He's like, I won't, the I won't stop shooting the movie until you give me the submarine. And they're like, Tom, two. you spent so much money already. And he's like, nope, one submarine. But for like part two. And maybe this one too. Uh, I, like they filmed, my understanding is that they filmed parts of part two when they filmed part one, but they didn't film all of it. I can see that. Yeah. Because I know like they've, they've done some like more casting for part two, like Hannah Waddingham's in it. I know he 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 had a quote recently where he's like, I could keep doing this, and it's like it's it's okay, Tom. This could be your last one, part two. You know, like. But the thing is that there has been marketing as this is the last two Mission Impossible movies. Um, I think he just just wants to save cinema, you know, all by himself. I I didn't want Renner to take over. Uh, Remember, for a while there was the rumor that Brad Pitt was going to take over. I I haven't liked those ideas but I wouldn't mind an iteration, a different iteration of mission impossible movies that didn't have Ethan hunt. I mean, I think you would have to go to a full team, right? Like, well, yeah, you would have to, like if they're just like Haley Atwell's like the new, like lead, like, I don't know if that would totally work without like a, like you'd, you'd have, have to bring to in a bunch a, of other people, a step back and actually do the mission impossible concept. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny. In the original TV show, there was a thing that was really cool that they never did which was that Jim Phelps was was tasked with picking an individual team based on the mission that was supposed mm-hmm. to be unique and new they, every like, time. They kind of do that in MI3, don't they? Not really. I mean, he has a team. He has like in a MI3. new team in it. He yeah. has a team in MI2. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, that was the that was the, the theory each week in the show. But like, he would always bring back like the same four people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas you could have just easily made it been like you're a you're an intelligence team that like operates like a terrorist, but like, like with, you're, you're completely isolated. With all that they've built up in the marketing about these movies of like holy shit, look at the new insane stunt that Tom Cruise is going to do. 
would audiences be into a movie where it's like, okay, there's no Tom Cruise, but there's a lot of other actors you like. And, but like, would they still be doing the crazy stunts? You know, like, I don't I, know I if Haley Atwell is like, oh, I will totally go do a base jump or something like that. You know? Well, cause like, I know it was presented as a huge stunt in the first movie, but like visually the running away from the aquarium doesn't seem, it doesn't read as a huge stunt. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and the the train thing at the end of that movie is is just totally fake. It takes yeah. you completely out of what was up to that point. It's totally a rad Brian, though. A yeah. Brian De Palma movie. Yeah, I mean maybe uh, they maybe that's the direction they could go in if they want to keep making these is to do more of the um the, like tension rather than like stunt work. You know, like you, you got to bring in a new new director, obviously. I don't think McQuarrie would come back. Well, let, McQuarrie like, should go do other movies. Like he's a good director. Like let him go do other movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, the parts of parts of the I gotta say parts of the desert sequence at the beginning gave me like way of the gun flashbacks. Mm, okay. Like with like the siege and the shootout at the end of that movie. That movie is got its flaws. <laughs> it's a movie of its time. The prologue will tell you that. Yes. Uh, but it's it's fun. He's not kidding. He's going to whip you silly and he's going to fuck you stupid. <laughs> just, uh, just to have James Conn be like, are you the brains of this operation or is he the brains? And Denise is like, this isn't really a brains operation. <laughs> but I mean, like, thank God McQuarrie was like, I got to get the fuck away from Brian Singer. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Uh, yeah, anyway. All right. I think we've said everything we can say it's late night right now mission impossible dead reckoning part one in the books you know if you're going to go to the movies at all this year this is one of those movies you should go see on the big screen lots of fun maybe a little too long but can i just say one last thing sure i'll see you at the movies see you at the movies (laughs) all right take it easy